Welcome, everyone, to our 59th episode of d Takeover. Without further ado, let's get into our first segment of the show, which is our quote of the week. You already know how it is. And uh, this week's quote is a long one, so bear with me, all right? All right, wait, is, I'm locked in. All right. It says, live your life like there's a documentary crew following you around, and you are analyzing your own behavior. Do what you want to do so that one day your kids would look back at it with pride. Wow. Wow. Hold up. I was bearing with you, but I'm trying to break it down for myself now. That was that was good. That was a good Thank quote. Here one do one more time, man. One more time for the people in the back. I'll, I'll break it down. I'll break it down. It says live your life like there's a documentary crew following you around and you are analyzing your own behavior. Do what you want to do so that one day your kids would look back at it with pride. And that was said by the infamous Joe Rogan. Love his podcast. Wow, man. You know, that's 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 awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I low-key wouldn't want cameras following me around all the time. I would say that much. <laughs> but at the same time, I understand what he's trying to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, he's basically saying live your life, man. Live your life. Yeah, man. But um, without further ado, David, we got three audio messages in the queue, man. Do you mind if I start, start us off with some audio messages? Of course. Let's get it. Let's get it popping. The first one is from our boy, Mr. Motivations. He's always here, bro. He's always here, man. We already, we love you, man. We love you, Mr. Motivations. But shout out to you, man. Thank you for popping out. And here's your audio message. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. It's your boy, Mr. Motivation. In the building with God. D&E Takeover. Eric Hines, D-Rod 09. Y'all go follow, share, and like the show. It's about to be a crazy time. Let's get lit, man. Follow them on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all the above. Let's go! Oh, my. I can't, man. These guys are amazing. I love bro. it. I... Yeah, that, it sounds like a hype reel, man. You ever watch, like, those sports, like, hype hype things yet? Like, we yeah. Should have, that's, like, that sounded like one for D&E Takeover. He's, bro, Mr. Motivations, man. I, we appreciate you, dog. Thank you for popping mm-hmm. out, my guy. Absolutely As always. Amazing. Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and go into the next one. Which is from Julian J Ray, man. You're the he's in the building. What's, What's up, up man? All right, let's get it, let's get popping. Let's get popping. Please talk about the loan move by Xavi and Adama Triari. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Shake my head. I love it. You know, I go lie to you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the reason the reason you bring it up, man. We were talking about it before, man. That's 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 our boy right there, and we were having a little discussion about it before, so. We're definitely gonna, we're definitely gonna bring that up. If anything, I'll it'll be the first thing I'll talk about on Big Deal, not Big Deal. I already spoiled it for you guys. I'll be the first thing I'll bring up just for y'all. But um, what's it called, David? Do we do we have a preview that? response? Do we have a preview what? response? Of is it Pre- is it gonna be a big deal? Oh, shy is that is that too much to give away? I feel like it's too much to give away. They gotta wait. They gotta wait to find out when we get there, my guy. Adama, what a beast on the field. Yeah, man, but when it comes to sudden other things, mm, cough, cough, finishing. Ah, he's a little bit, little bit woeful. But um, what's it called? Without further ado, man, let's go ahead and play the last audio message, and then we'll get pop, we'll get it going. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so this one, I believe, this is a newcomer. David, correct me if I'm name, and I apologize if I if I pronounce your name wrong. It's Elton Hawkins or Elton Hawkins. I think so. 
I hope I hope I pronounced your name correct, my yeah. guy. But um, either way, thank you for popping out, man. Thank you for popping out to the show, and welcome to the Dini family. Um, Dini Takeover family. Hopefully, you dropped the follow, man, and officially joined. But here's your audio message. Here we go. I don't know if y'all cover boxing, but if so, what did y'all think about the Gary Russell Jr. and Mark Masayo fight? Ooh, David, you want David, you want to take this one? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not. I'm still learning boxing. If anything, I'm more of a UFC guy. Yeah. But um, uh, all I know is really Tyson Fury. You know all the. The big Anthony name. Joshua. I actually have a big deal, not a big deal topic based off of this, but I'm trying to understand boxing more as we go along. But right now, I don't really know those names. More of like the the the, the big names you could say. But UFC, if you talk about UFC with me, I pretty much know what you're talking about. So yeah. I apologize. What's it called? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same boat as David, except that like when it comes to UFC, I'm the same way with boxing. Like I just know the big I know the big names. I don't know like I don't know like everybody around there. But um, you know, still improve still improving every single day on on this podcast. You know what I mean? But either way, um thank you for thank you for having out and sending that audio message though. We appreciate that. We appreciate you, my guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We do got one more in the queue, um, David. So let's go ahead and play this one really quick before we get started, yeah? Mr. Dip. All right, here's this one from Mr. Motivations. Here we go. So, David, I thought you was a huge Jake Paul fan. No, 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 don't use his name. Don't use his name in the in the name of in the sport of boxing. No, does not. No, wait, David, did you say like last podcast that was your idol? Dodd, stop! Don't even say that. That's that's disrespectful to the the sport and disrespectful to me, man. No, 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 no. Tyson Fury's my boy. Oh my god! I literally, I don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna say something very bold right now. I think people that actually only like Jake Paul, Jake, people that think that Jake Paul's an actual like, like legend in the boxing community, I think are a bunch of cloud chasers. I'm not gonna lie. Either, <laughs> but either that or like, or like they just care about social media and that's it. Because anyone that actually, one, first of all, boxing in general, I feel like don't feel the same way about Jake Paul. Right or like, of course not. Yeah, like, of course not. He hasn't fought anyone in the boxing community. But like, I don't want. I don't want to speak for everybody. You know what I mean? I don't want to speak for everyone. Maybe there's people out there that. Maybe there's people out there that are boxers that do appreciate him. You know what I mean? But other than that, without further ado, David, I'm gonna throw it over to you, my guy, so we can get started. Sounds good, man. And uh, we got some exciting. Before we move on, like we don't have no games to, uh, to go over or predict. On uh, in the NFL, but um, we do have some games to go over. A quick little NFL preview of what's going to happen on Sunday at 3 p.m. and then Sunday at 6:30. But uh, let's start off with the the Sunday 3 p.m. game with the Cincinnati Bengals going to Arrowhead Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what are you thinking about this game, man? What do you think? Uh, first off, I'm going to ask you, who do you think is going to come out with the victory? Oh, um, I think I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. Um, I think they're just going to be they're just they're just too overpowered for the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals have had a great season. Um, but overall, I think the Chiefs are just going to, like, I think it's time for the Bengals to, to head home overall. And that's unbiased, ladies and gentlemen, because I hate the Bengals. But, um, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win. So, they got to – Joe Burrow's got to pack up his bags and go back to go back to Cincinnati, Ohio. Unless, unless somehow he performs like Josh Allen, which I do not think he will, um, that's literally the only way. That's literally that's he's going home. Other than that, 
the hardest thing. You, if you want to perform like Josh Allen, you need an offensive line that's going to keep you upright and not get sacked nine times. That's going to be a big problem. Oh, my gosh, man. Absolutely insane. But, yeah, I have to agree with you. I have Kansas City taking this one. I just think – I said this last episode. I just think that when you verse an offensive prowess like the Kansas City Chiefs, you cannot go field goal. And you can't, you can't be scoring field goals against this team. Like, Cincinnati Bengals, they relied on Evan McPherson, and he mm-hmm. went four for four, actually eight for eight in the last two games in the, in the playoffs. And that's basically where they got their win from, game winner last, last, uh, last game, and he's been hitting all these dominant field goals for them. So, like, I don't think they can rely on too much of their kicker in the rookie Evan McPherson because they're going to have to go for touchdown for touchdown. And uh, it's just going to – they got to be aggressive. That's basically what I, I think they're going to have to do. And, Eric, they did beat them week 17 in the regular season. 34 to 31. So there is a chance. There is a chance that they can produce numbers. But there's a definite chance. They? But playoffs uh, are a different story. We got to understand that. Definitely true, man. Definitely true. I'm not going to lie to you, David. I was a little distracted while you kept talking because recent I just, I just got a notification saying that the all the West All-Star starters name just came out, David. Who? For for NBA. Mhm. But What's it called? Before I before I even list that really quick, um, you know I agree with you. Yes, there definitely is a chance they did beat them during the regular season. We do know that the regular season is a completely different time than the postseason, obviously. But like overall, I feel as if right if we go off based on how they've been playing in the playoffs and how these teams are going to go into it, I don't think the Bengals defense is going to be able to. I think they'll be able to stop them a little bit, but realistically, they're not going to be able to hold them. They're not going to be able to hold the, the Kansas City Chiefs offense, right? So it comes down to the fact, can can Joe Burrow have that five-touchdown performance like like he did in the, in the regular season? You know what I mean? Can can Jamar Chase produce those crazy numbers that he was doing in the regular season in the, during those games? That's, those are gonna, that's what we're going to look at in order to see if, like, they can really get this W. Plus, that offensive line has got to actually play football. Like, what? Not mm-hmm. again, like you said. Sacks is crazy. Nine sacks is absolutely insane. So, I just think personally, the Chiefs definitely have the upper hand. The Chiefs are definitely the favorite, right? And um, also, I just see the Chiefs rolling through this, man. Patrick Mahomes, ever since he's been a starter, he's been four for four going to the AFC Championship um, for, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's gonna get down to another Super Bowl, and he's gonna try to he's gonna try to get his second his second ring, man. But that's how I feel about it. That's crazy to think. The guy's like what, twenty five years old, and he's already going for a second ring. Absolutely insane. But it's scary. Okay. Honestly, it's scary. Yeah, it just goes to sh- that he might he might be one of those guys that could contend with Brady in the future. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he might. So calm down, everyone. Tom Brady lovers, <laughs> calm down. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that he has a good shot. But a quick little fun fact. Um, Patrick Mahomes, as a starter in the playoffs, he's averaging his team is averaging 33.2 points per game. That is the most in NFL history with a minimum of five starts. So he's be- oh, definitely shown that he can produce not- produce points. Last week against the number- a Bengals, a top ten, a top five defense, he scored 42 on them. So against a Bengals team that's ranked, I believe, 17th on defense or 18th on defense, it might be a nice field day for Patrick Mahomes. But 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 you never know. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say this much. Wait, <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me. Whoa. <clears throat> sorry. All right. I'm. I'm back. Um, but basically, what I wanted to say was, 
I know the, the, the Bills' defense was ranked very highly. I don't think – I think that game goes to show that these stats that were held in the regular season don't matter anymore. It just mm. matters how you play one game. Because to be what? What was it? You said second in, in the NFL, right? Defense? The, the, the Bills? I think yeah. they're either second or first, I believe. I, I Don't quote me on it. All right, but to say – we could easily say that they were like a top five defense. I think we – mm-hmm. I don't think we have to – that's for that, right? The Bills are a top five defense in the league. Tell me why they could, they're getting four, they're getting destroyed. Not only – well, not destroyed. Like, it, the scoreline doesn't seem as if they're getting destroyed. But if we just look at how many points the Kansas City Chief offense scored, which was 42, that's bad for a top five defense. And not to mention, a lot of those points came in the fourth quarter, right? Or not even – it came in at the two at like the dying moments of the game. It is all just like kind of just like disappeared. The entire defense just kind of disappeared. It, and certain things that were happening was kind of shocking when you really think about it and how they how easy it was for them to move down the field so fast. So overall, I don't think any of that stuff matters. I think it matters if the if the if the Bengals defense comes out and decides to play like beast. And and they and they find a way and they have a scheme that can hold the Kansas City Chiefs. They can win this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, but most definitely, most definitely. And the, they beat them once, so they obviously know how to beat them. But the only matter of regular season versus playoff time, and especially playing at Arrowhead, one of the loudest stadiums, it's going to be tough. But exactly. not impossible. Definitely not. Definitely not. But um. Really quick, before we move on to the – well, do you have anything to say on this game? Really quick before, before All I'm going to say, I'm just going to go over peop, uh, your prediction just so people are aware of what you oh. predicted on this game. Eric predicted on this game, ladies and gentlemen, and he has the Chiefs going in with a victory, 24-20, to 20, a close one, with Patrick Mahomes having two or more touchdowns and Jamar Chase having a total of 80-plus yards. All right, word, word, word. And we will go into your prediction soon, but I want to, like, go over the game first and then we'll, and then we'll say your mm-hmm. prediction. But um, what's it called? Before we do that, we do have a lot of audio messages. I feel like they all pertain to, like, what we were just talking about. So I feel like we should play them before we move on, yeah? Sounds good. All right. Um, do you want to play these? Or... All right, I got you. All right, we're... Next one is from Mr. Motivation, so let's hear it. I'm going to make this sweet and simple. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know, all of them going to go in there and they're going to be like, But they're going to leave like. <laughs> In the game. <laughs> that could be a possibility. Or or it could be the other way around. You never know. Maybe maybe Patrick Holmes is like. Maybe he throws a couple interceptions. I'm not saying it, it could happen. But I would much rather see Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. In, in the Super Bowl. Than Patrick Holmes again. Oh my gosh, man! Well, um, I much rather see Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, man, than Joe Burrow, because I cannot be bothered to see Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a lose situation for me, honestly, because I don't, I, I, I don't really like. I mean, I like Patrick Mahomes as a player, but like being the fact that I'm a Lamar fan, Ravens fan, I much, I really, really don't like Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You know what I mean? It's, so I, <laughs> yeah, I have to. It's a lose-lose, but I picked the Chiefs over the, over the Bengals any day. But, um, David, really quick, before you play the next one, I just want to say this really quick for everybody because I'm itching to say it, bro. Um, the East and West All-Stars starters all just came out right now. So you, I'm just going to list them really quick, right? For the East, um, 
Katie's captain for the second time, like in his career, right? But I don't know if he's playing. I, uh, I, I, I don't saw... think he's playing. I heard he's sitting out. But he's still. He can still pick the team, I guess. But I don't know who's gonna take his spot for the starters. But they're saying that he's a starter net for as of right now. So we'll leave it at that. But um, the other four players are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, and Demar Derozan. They are the five starters for the All Star game for um the Eastern Conference. How do we feel about that one, David? Solid. All no complaints. Solid ones. All right, word, word, word. And then, as for the West, hold up. I just literally had it. Oh, no. Hold up. Bear with me really quick. I literally just had it, but I messed it up. Ah. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that. I'll figure it out. Really got to find it for us really quick afterwards. But um, we'll come back to that after that. But, Dave, you could put another audio message really quick. I'll see if I can. That's good. And the next one is from Matt Padone. Shout out to you, man. And uh, let's play your audio message. Matt, Matty P. Nah, don't be disrespectful, man. Josh Allen like that, bro. Never compare Joe Brr to him ever again, bro. All right? <laughs> He's good and all, but Josh Allen is elite. He's yeah. elite. Nah, 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 nah. My fault. I wasn't, I wasn't um, comparing the two. I was just saying, I was actually saying that Joe Burrow needs to have a Josh Allen performance. In order to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, that's what I was mm-hmm. trying to say. Because what Josh Allen was doing, he shouldn't have lost that game. I think everybody. I don't knows want that. him to lose, man. Why did Buffalo have to go down, bro? I swear, yeah, I'm so mad about that. They didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve that, man. But I mean, I, I think both teams deserved the victory the way they played, but mm-hmm. it just it just sucks how like how overtime rules. Yeah, literally, literally we that's a whole different conversation to be honest with you. But like mm-hmm. the overtime. Was yeah, that's a little bit. It's a little bit shaky in the NFL, I would say. But um, really, really quick, David, I do have. I found the 2022 um All Star. I found the West Western Conference okay. All Star. All right, and um, the starters, the captain is LeBron James. Wow, well, guess who? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Um, um, the other four players are Nikola Jokic, Stephen Curry, John Morant, which I'm so happy about. That's actually fire. Um, and Andrew Wiggins. Wow. Andrew Wiggins got the votes to become a starter, you know, and how do we feel about that, honestly? It's an interesting um, one. That is really interesting. I'm gonna be really I'm gonna be real honest with you guys. Andrew Wiggins? Really? I mean, I know I, he hasn't been having a terrible season. He's actually been having a good season, but not as I that not as a starter in the All Star game. See, I'm I'm kind of like I kind of I'm kind of the same boat as you. I think he, Andrew Wiggins is a is a all star. Well, I doubt. Like he definitely is an all star this season. Um, recently has not been playing that well. Obviously, the Warriors have been like down in form. But um, just off the top of my head, just to think about a couple players, Car Anthony Towns. Yes, I think easily started over Andrew Wiggins, right? But then again, it goes down to votes and and um. The what 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 are they, is it the NBA? It's not the it's not the um. It's like the executives or something. Coaches, executives. The executives. It comes down to all that all that stuff, and overall, the the highest amount like if you put all three of them together, right? So you get the executives, the coaches vote, and the fan vote. The fan vote gets like seventy something percent or like sixty something percent. They get the most. So and I do know on the fan votes, Andrew Wiggins was high on the list. So <laughs> I mean, it is. I honestly. The All-Star game sometimes is just a joke. Like, it's not a joke because, like, obviously some players are always going to make it that deserve it to be there. But then you have your occasional snubs. 
like every single year. That's like ridiculous. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins as a starter, congratulations. I think um I think that's awesome for him, you know, and do do I disagree with it entirely? No. Do I think there could have been someone else that could have been a starter easily? Yes. I think Cat could have easily been the starter over. But um yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not entirely mad at it. I'm not not entirely mad at it. It's just, it just a little confusing. Also, also, you got to think Paul George is injured. If Paul George wasn't injured, I think he'd be easily a starter. But Paul George might be undergoing surgery um, and miss the entire <laughs> the rest of the season. But that's what, what, that, that, that could be Bob and Big Deal, not Big Deal. Yeah? Like, we, we, could, we could come back to that. But um, Yeah. Those are the all-star starters, man. But, David, huh? go ahead. Exciting. Now we just got to wait for the reserves. But um, let's play this yeah. next audio message from Matt Padone. Another thing, another thing. My man's the bills were robbed. We want turnover to call rematch right now. I don't care. We'll do it at KC. Who cares? I want it now. <laughs> That's what all the Bills fans are saying right now. Dude, if they had a rematch, oh my gosh. That was you said it the best. You like you said um that was literally the Super Bowl match. That was a Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, we that got spoiled. Insane. We literally got spoiled. That was insane, bro. That is, a, again, that's the best football game of football I've ever watched in my life. So, um, insane. A rematch I won't mind at all. I was hearing people in the com- people in the comments of the like of the game. They're like, "Oh, there should be like a best out of seven series or best out of 3 I'm like, <laughs> I'm like we're gonna impl- implement some NBA rules into this." Nah, that wouldn't work. I feel like that just wouldn't work in in football. Like best out of seven, I wouldn't want to see that best out of seven in football. No, I think they would drag it. Mhm. Way too much. But let's keep it going. Yep. And our next two, our last two, are from Mr. Motivation. So. Uh, with the way that that offensive line is set up with a nine plus sack, it's gonna be jo- uh, Joe Burrow the whole game. My leg! My leg! My leg! My leg! My leg! Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean that. That's that's just gonna be him, bro. <laughs> the whole game. Oh my god! Uh, poor guy, Joey Badbones is getting destroyed because his offensive line can't hold someone for more than one second. Oh Absolutely insane. God. That's insane. That was funny. That was funny, Mister Motivation. <laughs> uh, my leg, my leg. Uh, we love a good SpongeBob meme. A uh, quick, quick fun fact: Did you know that that guy who says that my leg is actually the voice of Plankton? <laughs> what? Yeah. So what? Yeah, I don't know why I know that. Don't ask me, but uh, just one of those facts I have in my head, I guess. No, I'm actually a big SpongeBob fan, so that's actually crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You can hear it too. Now I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. Oh my gosh, man. All right, let's keep it going. Let's play the last one, yeah. All right, last one. Are you saying, baby goat, baby no. goat? That's what I hear. Uh-oh. Baby goat. Uh, <sighs> unfortunately, yeah, baby goat. Mike. I'm not. No, I'm not gonna call him baby goat. Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Patrick Mahomes is gonna most likely go to the Super Bowl. Ninety-five percent gonna go to the Super Bowl, but there's still a five percent chance. Still a little bit of hope. But as a New York fan, I know where hope gets you. Gets you right into the drain. So uh, it doesn't really help. But other than that, Eric, let's get into this last game, last preview game. And uh, it is the 6 o'clock game with the 49ers against the Rams. They are playing in L.A. for this game. Uh, Eric, two California teams going up against each other from the same division. What are you expecting out of this one? 
Um, I'm expecting a really good game, actually. Um, I'm expecting two teams to leave everything on the field, man. Um, it's gonna be close. I think. I still think the Rams are gonna win, right? Even though I know that I know the Rams are the favorite in this matchup. Even though, right? I guarantee the Rams are gonna be the favorite. Um, on like betting on and certain things like that. But when we really think about it, the 49ers have beat the Rams twice this year already. Okay, granted it wasn't the regular season. But they've beaten them twice this year. So the 49ers have proven to have the Rams number. Okay. However, the reason I the reason I believe the Rams are gonna win is because I feel like this is a different Rams team than it was in the regular season. Right? Again, regular season and playoffs playoffs is two completely different things. And the Rams are a def are a clear definition of that, right? Um being able to beat Brady, um, and also Winning that first round game, I for, why am I forgetting? Oh, the the Cardinals, right? Granted, the Cardinals mm-hmm. were short staffed, as in they they needed DeAndre Hopkins. But um, other than that, um, they've proven that they've they they've turned up this this um this playoffs, and they've also shown that the super team that we've been expecting. You know what I mean? Like when when they first made this team as a whole, when like Von Miller came in, and then um. Odell Beckham came in afterwards. Like, we saw them play, and it still wasn't, like, the super team that we were kind of expecting. That game against the Buccaneers was exactly what I've been waiting to see the entire time. You know, so I feel as if that team is going to pop out to this game and um, show over the, um, get the win over the 49ers and um, go to Super Bowl, man. I think the Rams are going to Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the Rams are going to win it. I think it's going to be a very close game because the 49ers are no joke. Because they are just offensively, they, they can run the ball. They're physical on the line. But, like, even on defense, their defense is such a physical unit that they just, like, run you. They just run over an offensive line just to make a tackle. It's, it's absolutely insane. But they just work so well on defense. Uh, offensive side, Jimmy G's got to – I say the only way they win this game, because obviously they can't run the ball every single possession, is Jimmy G is going to at least have no turnovers in this game. He's not going to have – if he does not turn over the ball, they have a great shot of winning this game. But if Jimmy G starts pulling a Ryan Tannehill, then uh, oh. you got some issues there. But that's all I'm going to say. The Rams, they, they flipped the switch at the right time, like Eric said. Right in the beginning of the playoffs, they're like, you know what? Let's start trying now. And they uh, started trying, and they started winning games. So they look impressive. Um, 49ers look like a tough team, but I got Rams winning it and going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. Also, before I read your prediction out for this game as well, just to add on, like, Jimmy G is going to be the, the key factor into into realistically, like, if they win this game or not. Because that Rams defense is no joke, right? Mm-hmm. They held Brady one touchdown and one and one interception. You know, that Rams defense is real. So, um, in my eyes, I just don't see how Jimmy G is going to be able to do anything, right? They're going to be they're gonna be so run-heavy. And I, I think even when they do run the football, they do have a good run game. But it's still going to be hard to beat that freaking defense. That defense is, is, is cracked, bro. That Rams defense is crazy. But other than that, really quick, let me just read um, your, your prediction out on this game really quick. David has the Rams winning, of course. He has them winning 30-27 to 27 in a nail-biter, my guys. And then he has Matt Stafford with two or more touchdowns and Debo Samuel with 100-plus yards. So tune in, tune in on Monday to see if we get those things correct. And also tune into the game's um, later on this week to see if we get these these two predictions correct, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, real quick on the game, Jimmy G, he's gonna have to put his big boy big boy pants on because you know 
The last couple of games through an interception, you have turnovers. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, without further ado, let's move into our NBA segment of the show and uh, move into our Mimi at the Rim segment, actually. And uh, we're going to go over some games that happen on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And Eric, ladies and gentlemen, predicted on Monday, uh, January 24th. And he predicted on an interesting game against his fraudulent, his last year fraudulent pick, the Utah Jazz, up against the Phoenix Suns. And Eric, ladies and gentlemen, said that the Phoenix Suns were going to come out with a victory 110 to 106. And uh, they sure indeed did get the victory, but by a score of 115 to 109. So I can give you a point for the team, not the score. You also said that CP3, my boy, the point guard, is going to have seven plus assists. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you 13. So he gave you 13 assists for that. You get a point for that. But you also have Bojan Bogdanovic was going to drop 15 plus. And Eric, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but Bojan Bogdanovic did not play this game, in fact. So I cannot give you a point for that. You finished two out of four, which brings your total up to 73. It is currently 80 to 73, me. Now, hold up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Granger, I'm happy that I'm gaining ground. But can I know you're going to go over this game. I just want to tell you guys the starting lineup for the Utah Jazz, bro. (laughs) I was was not informed that they were just missing this many players. But, bro, Rudy Gay... What is that, Daniel House Jr.? I don't even know his first name. Yeah, I'll be honest with Daniel you. House Jr. Hassan Whiteside, Jordan Clarkson, and T. Forrest. I don't know his first name either. I don't know Trent, Trent Forrest. Trent Forrest. I've never heard of Trent Forrest in my life. I've heard of all the players except for Trent Forrest, right? But my point is, like, bro, what are we doing, bro? What's going on? What happened in Utah? Did they have a COVID outbreak or something? What happened? <laughs> I have no idea. I really have no idea. My gosh, bro. That's ridiculous. But, hey, man. All I know is I'm closing that lead on you, bro. So be ready. <laughs> I'm not worried. But that, let's you get should... into. I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm never worried. I'm never worried. Uh, until it becomes until, be, until it becomes worrying. No, oh, then we'll talk about that at a different time. But as of right now, I'm 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 relaxed. But let's get into the Utah Jazz stats real quick. And uh, the leading scorer was in fact, like Eric said, there's no Donovan Mitchell. There's no Rudy Gobert. So the leading scorer was, in fact, the sixth man, last year's sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson, with 22 points. Uh, he had shot 45% from the field. He had four rebounds, five assists, two steals, and four turnovers. A uh, solid game for Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he had to step up big for this team. Obviously, they didn't get the victory, but still had to step up. And then after that, it was Trent Forrest with 17 points. And then uh, Daniel House Jr. with 14, seven rebounds, uh, four assists, two steals, two blocks, and one turnover. Talk about a productive game for Daniel House Jr., but... Other than that, you had Eric Pascal with 14 points off the bench, Jared Butler with 13 points off the bench, and then you had Hassan Whiteside with 10 points, nine rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, and only one turnover, and Rudy Gay with 13 points in the starting lineup. But other than that, let's move on to the uh, Phoenix Suns side, the team that got the victory, and uh, the best team in the NBA, let me be exact. And the leading scorer was, in fact, no other than Devin Booker. I mean, he does this every single night. He had 33 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks, and only three turnovers. He just had a productive night on defense and the offensive end, shooting, getting 30-plus points, and also getting forcing four turnovers. So absolutely insane for him. But other than that, move on. And CP3 is right behind him as the second-highest leading scorer with 27 points. He had nine rebounds, 13 assists, one steal, but he did have seven turnovers. Is that Luka, Luka Doncic? Uh, Luka? Luka? Russell? Russell Wilson, Luca, James Harden. I, I don't know. I, Russell Wilson, I say Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Westbrook. There you go. 
<laughs> Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Russell Wilson and Russell Westbrook are like the two names that get mixed up every single time, no matter what sport you're talking about. Definitely. But but uh, CP3 was looking a little bit like a Luca out there, which is very concerning. But you know, you know, he always does better next game. And then Cameron Johnson had 20 points, and then Bismack Biombo had 16 points, 13 rebounds off the bench. And then after that, everyone else is in single digits. But Eric, uh, you know, Phoenix Suns fought the victory. They are obviously one of the best team in the NBA, and they continue to look like they're absolute studs. So, what's your thoughts on this game? Um, I actually to start with the Suns. You know, this is this is a game where they obviously should have been winning um, based off the starting lineup, obviously, and um, basically. In in my opinion, this is just a good game where they just got it done. They got the job done. They knew that they had to win this game. This is not a game that was afforded to be that they could afford to be losing. And they got the job. They came in and got the job done. Um, still with still without um, DeAndre Aiden, and they're still getting W's, which is absolutely amazing. And also, um, it's insane. I saw I saw an interview with Chris Paul, and the interviewer was asked him like, "How have you been able to incorporate?" or make Bismack Biombo so much of a better player in your system so quickly. Cause if anyone doesn't know, Bismack Biombo recently like joined the, the roster. It wasn't like he was on the team from the beginning of the season. So um, basically that alone, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to say what Chris Paul said because Chris Paul was like, you know, just like, just like working together. Yada, yada, the, the typical answer. Right. But that's very impressive as a whole from Chris Paul and just shows his character and how good of a player he actually is. You know, Chris Paul, obviously the stats don't always show um, how good he actually is. But um, in this game, it kind of did with the 27 points, 13 assists, but the seven turnovers are usually not there. But um, overall, it just shows how great of an IQ this guy is. And that's and it's why we call him the point guard. You know what I mean? But um, overall, great game for the Suns. But really quick, this is what I really want to touch base, base on. Um, the Utah Jazz. This is actually not a bad loss at all. It's actually a very good game, if anything, for the Utah Jazz. You got to think of it this way. The Phoenix Suns are the best team in the league right now, by record. By record, they are the best team in the league right now. And the Utah Jazz literally had not a single starter, normal starter out there for, for them. They had their entire bench unit, right? And obviously more bench players to add on to it. The fact that this game ended 115-109 is so good for the Utah Jazz. Because you would expect these the Utah Jazz to get blown out. You expect them to get dogged by the Phoenix Suns. And they, they it just proves to show something. I, I'm going to come for the Lakers a little bit, and I apologize for Lakers fans in the chat if you are a Lakers fan. But this is something that Lakers lack, right? If the Lakers was to miss LeBron James alone, they would get dogged. You know what I mean? This team is missing Bojan Bogdanovic, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. Who else? Um, and um, Joe Ingles. Con- Joe Ingles. That's like five players alone, right, that we can list that are easy starters on this team. And their entire bench unit came out and still produced pretty good numbers. Like, like very good numbers for people that are usually coming up the bench. They know how to work as a team. This Phoenix Suns team is def- – I'm not Phoenix Suns. Utah Jazz team definitely I – don't, I don't see this as a really bad L for them. You know what I mean? And they, they almost came and, and upset them really badly. So, not, this is not where – Utah Jazz should hang their heads low because of this L. But that's why I really wanted to touch base on yeah, I agree with that, and especially to do it at at uh, at Phoenix, at their home stadium yep. was just very impressive as well. Not even like they had home field advantage because they're playing away in in Phoenix, so very impressive by them. It's kind of like one of those mentalities, next man up, 
Like you hear athletes talk about that all the time. Coaches is like, oh, this guy's out. What are you gonna have to do? Next man up. Next man up. And uh, you know you have guys like Jordan Clarkson stepping up. Trent Forrest is getting his minutes. He had 36 in this game, and he drops nice 17 points. Daniel House Jr. had a great defensive game, dropped 14 points. It's just showing the potential that these guys have, and uh, just goes to prove that you have a solid roster there in Utah. And then now you add in, now you add in Donovan Mitchell, now you add in Rudy Gobert, now you add in Joe Ingles, now you add in Boyan Bogdanovich back to those guys, and Mike Conley, and you still have. Uh, you still have Jordan Clarkson, Eric Pascal, Trent Forrest, Hassan Whiteside on your on your team. You're like, we have a solid overall team, which is very impressive. Yeah, and like like I said, like there's certain players. I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, right? I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I don't I didn't know who Trent Forrest was. <laughs> like I still like I I just looked it up. It's, it's his first season in the league, but like again, you got players that don't usually get their name called. You know what I mean? Like, and they stepped up a lot. Daniel House Jr. When was the last time he like basically touched the touched the court for the Utah <laughs> Jazz? He did, let alone was that significant. You know, so very, very not not bad at all from the from the Utah Jazz, man. Not bad at all. Yeah, and it just, it it goes to prove this whole this whole season with the NBA with the COVID issues and the ten day contracts that they've been giving out. It just gives these players that didn't have the luck of signing with the team in the beginning of the season, they give these players like a, a little bit of a, a taste of the, a taste of the water, see how they like it. And then once they get like the 10 days and they play a couple games, they're like, you know, we could actually use this guy. And uh, like they, the Lakers did that with Stanley Johnson. They literally signed him to 10 day. They signed him to another 10 day. And they just recently signed him to the rest of the season. It goes, it goes, it gives great opportunities for players that you did not expect to be on, like to still be playing this good on that level. Most definitely, man. Well said, well said, man. Um, but do you have anything else you want to say this on say on this game before I move on? One more thing, and it's on the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns are looking like an impressive team. They, the, the literally for the whole season, their record is currently thirty-eight and nine. They're the only they're the only team in the NBA right now with only a single single digit losses. So it's absolutely insane the stuff they're doing, and go to prove that they are the best all around team. They can produce numbers with Devin Booker. But they can also get back on defense with Mikel Bridges and when DeAndre Ayton comes back. So this team's all-around threat, and they can make a deep run into the playoffs. See, you know, I agree I agree with you up until a point, and I have to say this because I, I truly do believe this. They are a very good all-around team, but I think they're the second-best all-around team in the NBA. Who's the first? I, and I believe this. I will keep saying this because I, every single time I see them play, it's just annoying. It's so annoying, but yet it's so shot. It's like it's awesome to watch, even though I'm not a fan of their team. The Milwaukee Bucks are the most complete team in this league. I, I will keep. I will keep saying that until their team is get broken up. Drew, the combination of Drew Holiday, Chris Milton, and Giannis alone is so good. It's crazy. All of them can play defense, right? But you have two players specifically in Drew Holiday and Giannis that are two of the best defenders in their position, right? Then you go offensively. There's barely – there's literally almost nobody in the league that can stop Giannis when he's going to the basket. Giannis has now developed the shot from last year, and it's a lot better than, than, than it was before. Chris Milton, you already know what he can do on the offensive end, right? If he's, 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 he can shoot. He can pull up. He can, he can drive. He can do it all, right? Same thing with Drew Holiday can facilitate, right? Very, he's a very good point guard, and he can score when need, when need be. 
you know. So and then to add on, you got Dante DiVincenzo, right? He's still he's still shaking coming off. He came off his injury um a while back, but like he's he's still finding his form. You got Bobby Portis for some reason that wants to drop 20, 20 point double doubles every year here and there. <laughs> Goodness. And then on top of it, you got another good shooter in Jordan Nora. Not not like people talk about Jordan Nora, but he's actually a very good shooter um as well. This team is so complete, man. And I'm I'm telling you, they they look stronger and stronger. They're looking stronger than last year. And as a defending chance, man, they're looking stronger. But um, so, so think- are we lo- are we looking at another Suns and Bucks finals this season? Uh, Wait, 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 This is the bias. This is partially the bias coming out of me. I'm not going to lie to y'all right now. So if you want to close your ears, you can close your ears. But I'm going to keep saying it until until um it's proven that, like, we really cannot get it together as a team and we're gonna and we're crumbling. But the Brooklyn Nets are are, are Ken and, and, Will can, and Will go back to the final. As long as KD is healthy, as long as we fix the Kyrie situation, we will go to the final, okay? That's the problem. What? That's the problem. It's as long as we fix fix those problems. But I don't know, man. We will definitely get into that. I have a big deal, not a big deal topic specifically for the Brooklyn Nets that I want to get into. But it just – how long is it going to take? That's all I'm asking. How long is it going to take Brooklyn? You're not wrong. You're not wrong, man. And, like, there's always so much issues. Not really uh, – no, there's a couple issues. There's a couple issues, man. Um, Katie's health, uh, I'm not really going to comment on that part. But, you know, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it alone as a whole because you said you have a big deal and not a big deal topic, so I don't want to, like, start talking mm-hmm. about it to the point where we have nothing to talk about later. So, um, really quick, before we move on, we do have an audio message for Mr. Motivation. So, do you mind if we play that, David? Love it. All right, man. Here's Mr. Motivation. Here we go. No, but let's not, like, let's not overthink it. Like, they said something on First Things First this morning that was, like, mind-boggling they was like these two teams are evenly matched except for quarterback and i'm like what because i started thinking odell cooper and then they was like well debo is valuable to the 49ers as cooper cup is and anuk is no odell but he has that he brings that i'm like hmm interesting and then i start looking at defense i'm like nick bosa fred warner i'm like hmm this team is just missing a quarterback. Like, this te- this 49ers team is underrated. I know they barely made it, but, yo, it's a quarterback. Right? If, they, if Trey Lance is right next year, if they don't move off of Jimmy G, they'll be right back. That's- yeah, 100%. 100%. And sorry to interrupt, but if you look at that, exactly like you said, if you look at that 49ers team and you see guys like Fred Warner, middle linebacker, you have Nick Boza, uh, a dominant pass rusher, like, you see all these – they have great defense. And then offensive, and you have Debo Samuel that became that X factor of a player this season. You have running game that's been pretty dominant this season for them. It's basically been their identity, kind of similar to the, the Tennessee Titans. But their only problem is their quarterback position. And the sad thing is that's pretty much the most important part <laughs> in the offense is the quarterback because you can run the ball all you want, but it can only get you so far because when you, when you go farther into games – in the regular season or go farther into the playoffs, it's no more one-dimensional offense. We saw it with the Titans. And I know Derrick Henry came back from an injury, but still, we saw it with the Titans that they were primarily identified as a running team. And then when they gave Ryan Tannehill the ball in situations like that, he threw three picks. So it goes to show that in order for the 49ers to really beat one of those teams, to be that guy in a sense, or to be that team, 
they need a, a secure and solid spot at the quarterback position. And I don't want to say it, but maybe Aaron Rodgers could be looking to go to 49ers. Whoa, if they, I don't no. maybe for a couple of seasons, a couple of seasons no. to, to look out for uh, Trey Lance because I don't think Trey Lance is going to be that guy for you guys in uh, 49 in, in San Francisco. So that would be crazy. No, nah, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. No, nah, if Aaron Rodgers went to the 49ers, I don't know. That just that doesn't sit well with me. I mean, he doesn't like, want to go to a rebuild team, and that's not a rebuild team. Yeah, but at the same time, it just doesn't like. This is an organization that that literally tormented you. That's like they they, they literally like they can't they beat you four times. They're, they're <laughs> four and zero against you in the playoffs, and they didn't draft you. They 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 passed up on you. There's literally an interview of you saying, "Well, they'll be upset that they didn't draft me." Mm-hmm. You know I mean, there's so much history behind it for him to go there. Oh, that'd be weird. I feel Eric, like be... you know the saying goes, "If you can't beat them, join them." Nah, that's some KD type stuff. <laughs> Uh, I don't like that. That'd be a KD move. That yeah, would. And he would get a lot, and, and Aaron Rodgers get a lot of slack for that, I would have to admit. He would get a lot of hate for that. I really wonder how the Green Bay Nation would react. I wonder. Bro, they, the, they would not like him. They would not like him. See, the thing is, how would they not like him? Because in KD's situation, he didn't bring OKC a ring, right? He just brought him a couple MVPs for himself, but, like, that was pretty much it. Like, he didn't bring them, and he didn't bring OKC – Anything except for a conference final, or not, not just a, not just a conference championship, but a final. You know what I mean? Like he got them there with help, but at the end of the day, like they, they didn't get a ring. With Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, they at least have a, a Super Bowl win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, would they really be? They, I, they probably be angry at the fact that he like jumped ship, but at the same time, they can't, they can't like hate him because he got him a ring. They, he got well, some. Yeah, all I'm gonna say is that if Cleveland fans are still upset with. Um, Kyrie Irving, and we all and that's Kyrie stupid. Irving's like, I got you guys a ring, and you're still treating me like trash. Yeah, there's definitely a possibility that they can still get bashed about Aaron Rodgers. But I don't. Maybe Aaron Rodgers goes there. Maybe not. Probably not because of the history with those two teams. But I mean, some people are saying he might go to Denver, but that's another topic. But uh, Eric, before I get ahead of myself, we do have an audio message from Mr. Motivations. What's it called? Really quick, before you play, I just want to say that video that you were talking about with Kyrie Irving and how the the caster was hacking at him. Mm-hmm. Like, that cast fan has to be at least thirteen or fifteen years old, bro. He has to be, <laughs> like either that, or he just wasn't around when when, or he wasn't a cast fan until they won that championship. Cause that's just that's wild. That's literally wild. The, he's Kyrie's a a big part in why you guys have that championship, bro. Oh, he hit that shot. Everyone remembers the shot. Exactly. Like, to, to even disrespect him is just crazy. As a Cavs fan, it's crazy to me. But mm-hmm. go ahead now. You can go ahead and play it. All right, next one's from Mr. Motivations. I also got to think, Matthew Stafford and that Rams team gave up 25 points. They had a 25-point lead. They gave that up. They they basically um, let that defense get a bunch of stops at the end of the game. So even if they get a lead, they get out early, that doesn't mean they're going to be able to keep it. And we've seen the same 49ers team earlier this season come back from 17 down. Sean McVay says that Kyle Shanahan is not in his head, but that man has his number. I'm not saying I'm picking the 49ers because I believe the Rams are a better team and I believe they can get over the hump. But this, if the 49ers win, I'm not surprised. And I agree with that. I think it's going to be a very close game from start to finish. And, uh, I mean, like you said, we've seen the 49ers come back from a large deficit before. So it's no shocker. No one's out of the game in the playoffs. It's imp- you can't be. 
Yeah, you know, you know, I um that was a very good point, Mr. Motivations. The fact that they they blew they almost blew that lead against Tom Brady, right? The only difference is uh, I just uh no, they can wow, this is a close game. It's gonna be close. Cause like I said, like like we said before, the 49ers have already beaten the Rams, but the Rams are now a different team. So it's like it's it's really even though the Rams are gonna be the favorites to win, it's really kind of a fifty fifty. It's kinda of like a coin toss. Almost. It depends on who comes out there. But I tell you one thing: if Jimmy G just just stinks up the place, it's an easy dub for the Rams. <laughs> like yeah, Jimmy G's deciding factor. That's nuts. That's he so is. nuts. He is. That's... You can't you can't run the ball for the whole game. Yeah, man. But um, without further ado, can we go on? Can we go on to your, to your next game? Let's do it. All right. So I believe this was Tuesday, right, David? This this correct. This game, um, David's game was on Tuesday, man. And unfortunately, we have to talk about this game. Um, it was the Lakers versus the Nets, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and if you do know, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. And David, you, you you can say it. I'm a New York fan, so Brooklyn and the Knicks are my my team. He's he's New York first always. I I I respect that. I respect that, man. Um, but, Thank you. Not a lot of people do. I mean, like I I've I've grown to respect it. If you will. <laughs> Our first initial encounter, he did not respect it at all. Yeah, (laughs) when we first talked about it, I literally, I literally was one of those people that would literally get on his case for it. I'd be like, "What?" I was like, "Peer pressured." I was peer pressured. Pick a team, pick a team. I'm like, I can't. It's like choosing between your son and your daughter. You really can't. It's, it's. Yeah, I respect it, man. I'm the same way now for soccer. Anyways, it is when it comes to like Red Bulls and NYCFC. I might get slandered for that, but I can't choose between the two. Because, well, fun fact, really quick before we go into it, I was a, I was a Red Bulls fan when like we first when I first started watching MLS, obviously, and then um once NYC NYCFC came into the picture, I instantly became a fan for them just because I wanted to be that fan, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna throw Red Bulls to the side. But then I really couldn't throw Red Bulls to the side that much, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, just it at that point it became the son daughter thing that you just said, you know? <laughs> but exactly. Really quick, man. Um, David, you had predicted on this game, yeah, and you had said that the Nets were going to beat the Lakers one sixteen to one hundred nine, and unfortunately, David, the Nets lost this game one hundred six to ninety six. Usually, I'm happy when you get things think these things are wrong, but when it's the Nets, man, I hate it. I hate when you get these things wrong. But um, um, you, you, we can't give you a point for the team nor the score. Um, you did say that LeBron James would have twenty five plus points and five plus rebounds, and LeBron did not let you down, man. He had thirty three points and seven rebounds, so. That was insane from him, obviously. And you also said um, that Harding would have 25-plus points and 7-plus rebounds. And, David, Harding gave you 33 points and 12 rebounds, bro. He went absolutely insane. So you do get two points out of that prediction, man. And your score improves up to 82. So the score is now 82 to 73. How do we feel about that really quick before I go into it? I'll take two points. Obviously, it's... Annoying watching this game to not get the victory as a Brooklyn Nets fan, but I will rip them to sh- shreds in this next <laughs> next couple minutes. So, oh my gosh, man! Oh my gosh. Well, um, we're gonna start with the Lakers stats really quick, man. Leading the team in scoring was no other than LeBron James, bro. Year was year nineteen, thirty seven years old, still dropping thirty three points. I don't understand. I it, 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 it he's an anomaly, bro. He's just he's he's a broken character. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doing man, but um. 33 points, seven rebounds, six um six assists, three steals, and two blocks. Oh my! And no turnovers. It's like a perfect game. What the heck? Oh my <laughs> god! He shot 14 for 21 from the field, two for eight from the three point line. 
Um, the only thing you can really ask for him in that game is th- is better three point shooting. But other than that, he basically had the perfect game. Um, and then right after him off the bench was Malik Monk. Um, stepping up, man. He had twenty two points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal. Um, he shot seven for thirteen and six for twelve from the three point line. Great game for Malik Monk. Um, after that, it was then you had Russell Westbrook. He had fifteen points, six rebounds, four assists, one steal. He did have five turnovers though. Oh, ouch. Uh, it's it's questionable. He did shoot fifty percent from the field, right? It was like his shooting wasn't as bad, right? So it's like a like fifty fifty, I would say, for that game. And then after that, double only other person in double digits was um, Carmelo Anthony with thirteen points, three rebounds, one assist, two steal, two steals, and one block. But that's pretty much it. All she wrote for the Lakers. Um, let's go ahead and go. I mean, also I want to mention that Anthony Davis was back in this game. The reason I didn't mention his, his stat line was because it was mediocre. He only played twenty five minutes. Um, he had eight points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal, and four blocks. He was great on the defensive end, but off- offensively, you can see that he's still recovering. You know what I mean? But um, going to the Brooklyn Nets, oh, my Lord. Uh, James Harding, insane, insane triple-double. Three, 33 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, one block. Did have six turnovers. Ouch. Ouch, okay. Russell. See, the thing is, I'm going to say something really quick, right, Um, before I keep going to the stats. Um, the way I, the way I kind of, the way I kind of like judge turnovers and assists, because me, David kind of opened my eyes to the assist turnover ratio and like how you can really compare the two in other words. And like, they kind of go hand in hand. So what I do is even though technically we don't like, if you watch the game, it's completely different. Right. And like, say if you get a turnover, you could just steal the ball and get it back. But we don't see these things. All you see is this. Right. So if I'm looking just at the stats, if he has 11 assists and six turnovers, I basically just take away six assists from him. Right. <laughs> In other words, he had he had five assists, in my opinion. If he if you're gonna have six turnovers and have eleven assists, it's like it's like defeating the purpose almost. It's like, come on, we gotta take care of the ball still. But James Harden, he shot eleven for twenty four and he shot two for seven from the three point line. And then after that, um the next highest score was Patty Mills with fifteen points. Nice. Oh my god. Two assists, one steal. Not a bad game for Patty Mills, honestly, but like we need a little bit more because after that you had DeAndre Bembry with twelve points. Then, then the, everyone else is in single digits. After that, it's just, it's just, it's just dead overall. But David, man, I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it open for you, man. Get at whatever you want, bro. Give us an um, ounce. It, it was upsetting because I was watching this game. You know, I was like excited. You know, Brooklyn Nets are versus the Lakers. You know, Lakers have been doing terrible, and you know we don't have Kyrie because obviously they're playing home, and we just have James Harden. You're like, you know what? We could possibly get a W the the way that the the Lakers have been playing. But then you know what? LeBron James had to drop 33 on our heads. And uh, before I get into it, I want to uh, talk about LeBron James real quick. LeBron James, he, he said recently that this is he feels like this season is the best he's felt offensively. Nah. At age 37. At age 37, he feels the best offensively that he has in his last 10 years or so. And it's absolutely insane because when you look at his career stats, the last time that he's – right now he's averaging 29.1 points per game. That's the highest he had since – I believe it's 2010 in Cleveland where he had 29.7 points per game. So absolutely insane just to think that he's been producing the similar numbers that he has ten that he has been 10 years ago, and he's 37. So quick, quick shout-out to LeBron James. That's absolutely insane. But other than that, it just it, – talk about this Brooklyn team. Talk about this game. Oh, my gosh. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Why don't – um? where do I start? Okay, I'll start at the free throws. Why don't we make some free throws? We're considered the best, one of the best teams in making free throws. 
And uh, we shot 68% from the free throw. Who were who Giannis onto the Kumbo? What are we doing? What are we doing? We don't shoot 68% from the field, but enough from the free throw. Absolutely disgusting. But other than that, from three point percentage, we shot seven for 27. That's 26%. Oh, God. I can shoot better with my eyes closed than what they did all game with this team. But when the Lakers shot 32% from, the th- from three as a team. But. And then from the field, the Lakers shot 40, 47% from the field, and then the Nets shot 42% from the field. I feel like every time I go over a Brooklyn Nets game, it's always bad shooting. And, like, my always excuse for them is that there was literally, there was literally a, co- a cover over the lid. Like, there's no possible way. They, they weren't making shots. But when you look at the, the turnover ratio as well and the energy overall, the Nets – Eric, Eric, Eric. The Nets had over or under 15 turnovers. Oh, my. I'm looking at it, bro. You're looking at it, right? Yeah, uh, they had 18 turnovers as a team. 18. 18, and James Harden had six of them. So, absolutely, absolutely ridiculous numbers. It's it's not going to win you games like this. Terrible. It's not going to win you games. When your assist totals are 20 as a team, and your turnover ratio is 18, <laughs> like bro. we said, subtract the two. You only had two assists the whole game. Oh, my God. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. And then when you look at the Lakers side, they only had eight eight turnovers as a team. They had their very productive night. But then again, my last point, defensive end. And this is where the energy is. This is where you pick up your pace on the defense. If you're not doing good on offense, you make up for it on defense, correct? And uh, if you look at the Brooklyn Nets defense based off their steals and their blocks, combine them together, they only forced seven turnovers as a team. Seven. And then when you look at Anthony Davis, he forced five by himself. And you look at, and he only played 24 minutes. Insane. And then you look at this whole team on the Lakers. They they forced 21 turnovers against the Brooklyn Nets. It's ridiculous. How are you going to win a game when your turnover ratio is almost more than your assist total? Absolutely insane, man. Brooklyn, you got to fix something. You've been playing like this for a little bit for a while now, and you've been struggling at home. I don't know why, but it's absolutely frustrating to watch. I had watching this game. I had to change the channel because I was ripping my hair out. Is it bro, disgusting, bro? I can't help. I can't help it. I, one second. Hold up. My phone in my house. <laughs> off, so bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. So I want to say something on this game, but apparently, apparently, whoever wants to call wants to come looking for bills. I don't know what. Why, it is. why don't you? Why don't you pick it up, bro? That's the bill collector, bro. I'm not trying oh, to talk. Gosh. To you, Look, question for everyone: Do you guys answer the phone when you when you when the bill collector calls? Yes, and I put a fake accent on. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Why are they still talking? Shut up, man. <laughs> bro, this is the longest message of all time. Come on. All right. There we go. Okay, okay, okay. We're back. We're back. So, what's it called, bro? Oh my gosh. Imagine having 20 assists and 11 of them being from one player. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Oh, bro, and, and you know, in my opinion, I'm going to keep saying this. I... I understand, yeah, we're not making shots and certain things like that. But, bro, I'm looking at Nash, too, bro. Steve Nash, great player, Hall of Fame player, amazing player. No discredit to him, bro. He's an absolute legend, great player. Bro, you can't coach, bro. Like, what is going on? What's actually going on, man? Like, it's it's toxic to actually watch James Harden come down the court run a pick and roll every single time and end up either being some type of way to find back to, to like try to find the center or just pass me to somebody else because he can't do anything else. 
But, like, my point is this. There's never a situation where I've seen in a Nets game this year where we've actually had more drawn-up plays than at least, like, like at least three or four drawn-up plays. There's maybe I've maybe seen at least one or two. But it, it's either it's either James Harden has the ball in his hands and he's play, he's he's orchestrating everything, right, and literally making the plays as he goes, or it's ISO ball between Kyrie Irving or 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 Kevin Durant. It's there's no there's no we we depend so much on these three guys that like we won't let the other guys play. And you know what's so annoying? Our players are actually good. It makes us look like we don't have a bench. It makes it look like we don't have anything. Nick Nick Claxton, Dayron Sharp, Cam Cam Thomas. These guys are not bad players. Bruce Brown. We saw what he did last year in the playoffs. Like, what what are we doing here? Patty Mills. He's clearly he clearly can shoot the ball very well. We have a good team. We just don't use our good team. We're playing through our superstars. It's so crazy. And as a coach, you're supposed to be able to control that. You have to be able to control that as a team. You have to be able to be like, I want so and so. I want Dayron Sharp to take to take more shots, or I want Patty Mills. I want more plays drawn for Patty Mills when he's hot. I want Cam Thomas to get more minutes. Like, bro, this is Eric. Eric, if I could ask you a question real quick, how yeah. much of it is basically just James Harden him himself calling the plays? Because we've seen him do that in Houston too, where you do ISO ball as well, and he would just shoot, shoot setback threes. How much is it just James Harden calling the plays and not really much Steve Nash? The the difference is it's it's literally almost every other it's every play it's every play it's done near every play you come down the court it's James Harden, and guys you don't if you don't believe me watch one Nets game when it's just it's James predictable. Harden. Watch watch one Nets game that's all you need to do, and you'll see every, either every other play or every single play. And granted, James Harden's a great player and he can figure out how to get us a get oh get us a win. But it's the fact that we can't give anyone else the ball. He can't win it. He can't single-handedly beat a team. Look, look at it. He dropped 33 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Even if he didn't have six turnovers, we, we would still lost the game. You got like, this is crazy, bro. The fact that no one else has the confidence to even hold the ball. Like, we got, we have to do better, bro. We have to do, we have to do better. And... To even think about it, it's like in Houston they were guard. I'm no offense, but like his support cast was not that fat, was not that like crazy when he would play that ISO ball. Granted, when he had Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, oh, that's a different situation, right? But when at times when he was alone, you could see it. Like he was just trying to carry, 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 and guess what? They lost games. They couldn't figure out a way to do it. And th- this is the same situation, except that we have players that are capable of actually stepping up, and we've seen them do it in games, but they don't get rewarded for it. They don't get the credit for it. So it's like why. Oh my gosh! And it all stems back down to the coaching. I understand, for example, like you look at this, you look at this, the stat line, um, our shoot like three point percentage, twenty five percent or twenty six percent, like David said, um, field goal percentage forty two percent, right? As a team, granted, yes, we need to make our shots. I understand, but the, a a coach plays such a big part in like at least giving you confidence to be able to take the ball on the court, being confident in not having it only in the star's hand. And trying to build a team, we're gonna make like I, we're so I don't know what's wrong with us. Like we literally, it's so it's so toxic. It's so. You know, to- I, I agree with what you're saying, but is I feel like there's also another part where the player is like, you know, I want the ball in my hand, so I want, I don't want no one else touching it. I feel like that's also where the mentality comes from too. See, you could want the ball in your hands as much as you want. 
if the play doesn't call for it and the coach doesn't want it in your hands, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because James Harden most likely has to give you the ball, and you you and I guarantee you, if you go out if you go out your way to to step out of line and you mess up at least once, it's done. It's done for you because <laughs> it's, it's, they're gonna be like, why isn't why, why didn't you give it to James Harden or like something, something stupid like that? It's it's toxic, and to lose to this Lakers team, no offense to the Lakers fans, but bro, this Lakers team is do- is dog water. It's trash. It's no offense, bad. but your team is garbage. It's so bad. <laughs> so like to lose to them, it's even worse for us. Is and yeah. we're, we're top seed. And, and to 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 do a quick little comment on uh, Steve Nash before we move into the audio message, audio messages. But uh, it just basically goes to prove that. Steve Nash was basically being carried by superstars like KD and James Harden and Kyrie because now you're really seeing his true uh, his true coaching style with players uh, with with superstar players out. Like now he just has James Harden. So instead of drawing up plays for James Harden or Patty Mills like off the screen and make a three pointer or even Bruce Brown get involved pick and roll, it's it just goes to show the leadership flaw that Steve Nash has because I feel like he's not really taking charge in that huddle. If I'm being honest, on the outside looking in, for all I know. And to be honest, like I don't know who. Again, I'm gonna go back to this, and I know this is we're getting deep into this, but I'm just I'm passionate about this. I'm, like I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, I can't help it, bro. What's it called? The the to, if we really go back all the way back when we had Kenny Atkins, right? Right? Am I bugging? That was his name, right? Kenny Atkinson, yes. Yeah, Kenny Atkinson as a coach. There was no need to fire him. We brought in KD, and we thought that we had to bring in a new coach as well for some odd reason. There was mm-hmm. no need to fire him. He was a good coach for us. We were an AC team. Excuse me. We were an AC team that didn't even deserve to be there at times. But we were, like, at like on paper, on paper-wise. Sorry. On paper-wise. Our team was not that good. Our team was not that good. But but between Kenny Atkinson, the, 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 um... The, the energy and the type of way, the, the family that we brought in in Brooklyn, that's why we were eighth seed. Because we were such a strong, we were such a strong, we were such a strong team. We knew, how every, we knew everyone's tendencies. We knew how we worked. We, we, we knew, it wasn't as if we were going to win a championship, but we were darn sure, like, if you took us lightly, we were going to beat you, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, cha- they kicked all of that out the window for what? A, a first-year coach. To come in and deal with such big egos, is a terrible. It's like a terrible situation for a first year coach. Yeah, imagine and going, like imagine. Sorry, imagine going into your first year in the NBA to be a coach, and they said, "I want you to coach Kevin Durant, James Harding, and Kyrie Irving and company, and figure out a way to make this a good a good team." Yeah, My, it's it's a tough. It's a difficult task. It's a difficult task. It's like walking in, being a new coach, and walking into like the the, the film room and being with Tom Brady. And all those those legendary players, it's like, how am I going to coach him? He's going to coach me. It's like, it, it's and you know, it's not even the fact that they're going to coach you because yeah, Steve Nash has a lot of credibility in the league. Obviously, it's the fact that you are not really coaching. It's a super team. There's not much you need to do. And and when it comes down to it, like you said, you look at the starting lineup: James Harding, DeAndre Bembry, Patty Mills, Daron Sharp, and Edwards. Okay, this is a team that needs to be coached. And guess what? He's not doing it because he doesn't know how. Because he's a first year, co- well, second year technically now. Mm-hmm. But he's he's like it's his first time. It's just, it's just so stressful, man. It's so stressful in the Brooklyn in, in Brooklyn right now, bro. Yeah, but you know, Steve Nash wasn't put in the right was dealt at the wrong time, you know. But 
we move on. And uh, we do have three audio messages at the moment, Eric, and I'm going to play them for Mr. Motivations. James Harden is on the freaking um, – James Harden is on the freaking Brooklyn Nets like – Help me! Help me! <laughs> for real. Yeah, that's, that's all he doing. Just asking for help. Asking for help. No, K, no Kyrie at home. No KD. He just – Help me! Help me! For real, but he also put himself in this situation too, which we will get into. But um, this next one's from Mr. Motivations. He used to not answer the phone, but now I answer the phone. Like... Exactly, but let's move on to his last one. Yo, Eric, you seem a little, a little intense right now. You seem you think? a little, a little know, emotional. I need, I need to ask you a question real quick. Want a sprite cranberry? Cause nah. yo, you need to chill out. You just said the Lakers is trash, dog water. They are. They got LeBron James, arguably still one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league right now. Okay. With now a healthy AD, so it's like, oh crap. Freaking senator. Anyway, um, so now it's like um, they they started getting on a roll. He's keeping this team afloat. You act like they're the freaking Orlando Magic or the Detroit Pistons. They're not the dog water to the bottom of the barrel. Mm. Your no. team just ain't got nobody, bro. So chill out. Want a sprite cranberry? <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. You want a sprite cranberry? I'll I'll explain I'll explain what I mean. Why say Lakers are dog water and they're trash, right? Definitely, if if the, if they're dog water and trash, the Orlando Magic just don't exist. Okay, just put just put it that way. Cause the Orlando Magic, bro. Oh my, oh my gosh, they they are the in the, trouble. Like they, I don't even know how to explain that organization. I don't know what they're doing. I think they're just having fun at this point. Like there's like <laughs> having fun. It's like it's like CYO basketball where you just play for the community and it's just like you know what. You want to put on a jersey today? We'll, we'll hire anyone off the street. You want to play? Come on. Let's go in. We'll get you a 10-day contract. Everyone's getting one of those nowadays. Orlando is just a joke of, of, of an organization at this point. It's <laughs> As of right now. They got a lot of young stars like Cole Anthony that could basically blossom in Mo Bamba. But we'll yeah. see. They need some veteran leadership in that locker room. But to, to, to go back on Eric's point with the Lakers, it's like the only reason why we call them trash is because – it's not because they are trash like the Orlando Magic or Detroit Pistons team. It's because of the expectation that we had for them going into the season. And mm-hmm. they fell way below those expectations. So that's ten, like why we call them trash based off what we had them up on like a high pedestal going into the finals. It's going to be Brooklyn versus Lakers in the finals and how that the course has changed over the, this season. Uh, yes, that's a perfect example. Yeah, um, they, I guess you... That's perfectly explained because honestly, when you really look at it, yes, you are correct, Mr. Motivations. They are not like like the worst team in the league. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and in that case, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have called them like 
dog water. You know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? Like the re- the reason I the reason I did say so is because, like David said, um, basically the expectations we forget when when Russell Westbrook signed for league is you got LeBron posting, "Let's run it, Brody," and like everyone going crazy, like <laughs> Let's win it this year, yada yada this, and they are literally middle pack at most. They are ninth place in the the Western Conference. Yeah, like they're they're in the playing tournament again. What's going on? Mm-hmm. That, that's not supposed to be the case. So, it, in other words, it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of mid. It's kind of very mid. That's why I call them. That's why I call them trash because like for what they were expected to do, it's way under expectations. Way under one hundred percent. But without further ado, let's move into Wednesday, January twenty sixth game. And Eric predicted on. Uh, my beloved New York Knicks versus the Miami Heat. And um, do we have to go over this game, Eric? I really don't want to for some reason. No, we got to. Brings up some, like, tense, some tense last night, like, episode that I had to replay in my head. But <laughs> regardless of that, uh, the Heat beat the Knicks. One, uh, Eric said the Heat were going to beat the Knicks 120 to 107. And Eric, they did beat them by a score of 110 to 96. Uh, what a shocker. So you get a point for that. You did not get a point for the score. Uh, you also said Jimmy Butler was going to get at least one steal. And he's like, you know what? How about two? So uh, he gave you a point for that. And also you said that Julius Randle was going to have 10-plus rebounds, and he only gave you six. So I cannot give you a point for that. <laughs> you go two out of four, which brings your total up to 75. Currently, 82 to 75, me. Nah, he's – nah, man. He just – he's killing my vibes. What are we doing, bro? <laughs> Supposed to be the best player in the Knicks doing doing this. I can't wait till you go through these numbers. Go ahead. It's just disappointing. I was like I say, I was ripping my hair out, and there's nothing more disappointing. Like you can be a a Brooklyn fan and have them play on like the same night, and they lose, and you're like, you know what? It's only one headache. But when you have when you root for both New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets, and they both lose, you know, you're going bald because you're ripping all your hair out at that point. But other than that, let's get into the stats of the Knicks. And uh, the leading scorer was, in fact, not Julius Randle, not R.J. Barrett, not Evan Fournier, not Kemba Walker. You would have thought it was a starting lineup. It was, in fact, Obi, Obi Toppin off the bench with 18 points. Who would have thought Obi had 18 points coming off the bench, played 21 minutes? And then after that was, in fact, R.J. Barrett, who's been stepping up. I'll say he, he's been stepping up big for this, this, uh, this Knicks team with 17 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, and only two turnovers. And then after that, you had Emmanuel quickly, IQ off the bench with 12 points, seven assists, and two steals, only two turnovers. And then the last guy in double figures was, in fact, a guy named Julius Randle, the guy who we signed to a big extension in the offseason. So uh, he only had 11 points with six rebounds, four assists, and only four turnovers. So after that, everyone else is in single digits. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much sums up the, the whole game the Knicks had in this one. But – Move on to the Miami Heat side. And Miami Heat side, they they great offensively and defensively. Like, it's basically shown. And uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, Dun- Dun- I'm sorry, Duncan Robinson was, in fact, the leading scorer with 25 points. Uh, he shot 7 for 11 from three, which is 64%. And uh, after him was Jimmy Butler with 22 points. Uh, he only took eight field goals in this game. And he ended up with wow. 22 points. Insane. Uh, and then um, he had six rebounds, five assists, two steals, and only four turnovers. And after that was a guy named P.J. Tucker, a guy who's fit into this, this, this scheme very, very well since he moved from the Bucks in the offseason. Absolutely insane. Like, he's been a very good player for this, this team, like, like an X factor in a sense. He had 20 points for them. 
And then Tyler Hero had 21 off the bench with six rebounds and four assists. Uh, and then after that, everyone else is in single digits. But uh, Eric, 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 Eric. The Knicks fall again. Uh, it's disappointing to Ooh. see them keep on falling and falling. But they are currently in 11th place with a record of 23 and 26. And uh, they are eight and a half games behind the first place team. So uh, disappointing. And you have Miami Heat in first place with a record of 31 and 17. Listen, it's just y'all are just are just bad. Like I can't, I can't. I've been, oh, thanks, thanks. I, I haven't, I didn't know that. No, like, like I've been saying it. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Y'all aren't bad. I actually respect when you guys play well. It's actually very annoying. Like it's very hard to beat you guys because your defense is 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 great, right? Mm-hmm. When you guys on your defense is is a top tier defense, right? That was proven last year though. But either way, um, this game. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Randall this year because Randall is not playing like he was last year at all. Um, at this point, you could say that R.J. Barrett's your best player. And when R.J. Barrett's your best player on your roster, I mean, you're not really going far. So it's like, at this point, you guys kind of like took a step back this year. Like, uh, And and also not to mention, Julius Randall, like, I, I know this has nothing to do with the game right now, but do you remember that little, like, thing that happened where, like, he, like, scored a basket and like put his fingers down like thumbs went, down he, he stole that from the new york mets <laughs> yeah like he in other words he was like he was like basically shushing his own crowd and trying to tell him to stop because they were like booing him at first it was that that i don't know bro like i understand it like you don't really like that but that also goes to show that like you're not really messing with the knicks in general and like that that says a lot so um, I don't really know what's going on with the Knicks right now. You got Kemba Walker, who was supposed to be a great signing for you guys, and it's been he's been just mid mediocre, mediocre, great nothing but mediocre. Evan Fournier here and there, he wants to play well, you know. Like, there's not really much to look at this team. It's just kind of dead. You, I bet the only thing you can really hope for is that when Derrick Rose comes back, to like give him a spark or something, because this is just just boring. It's just boring almost. Me, I'm, I'm like yawning to get the stats. Like it's kind of like, <laughs> it's crazy, man. But yeah, and real, real quick about these Knicks, my my Knicks team, is you hit the nail on the head. It's basically their consistency. They're not doing, they're not doing it consistently like they did last season. Their defensive energy last season was absolutely in, intense. Every single game, you were expected to, for them to force at least plus ten turnovers on the team. It was absolutely insane. Their defense. And uh, this season, it's been wishy-washy. Like, like one game, you'll get an intense game. Against the Clippers, they won, They scored 110 to 102, and they got the victory. And RJ dropped, like, plus 20. And, like, you have those games with Julius Randle dropping plus 20 as well. But then you have games like this, and it's just, like, the lack of inconsistency is what separates you from, uh, what separates you from the good to the great. You cannot beat a Miami Heat team because you're not consistent. You're not consistent enough. You cannot beat a Bulls team because you're not consistent enough. You cannot beat a Brooklyn Nets team because you're not inconsistent enough. Or even a Bucks team, 76ers team. All those teams in the top five or six, you cannot beat these teams because they are not consistent enough, not only on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end. So it's been kind of disappointing, not going to lie. Yeah, man. I mean, there's not really much that we can talk about the Heat. It's just a W, but like at the same time, I'm not really going to go into their stats or anything like that because like, the Knicks just played bad, you know what I mean? Like that's that's why the Heat won. The Heat, the Heat are a good team. Don't get me wrong, but like the Knicks were just not ready to play. They just didn't come to play. So that's pretty much all I gotta say on it, though. 
they I don't know what the Knicks need to do in order to get better. Like I don't even know like what type of moves they can make. Like it's just kind of again in a just gray area in a gray gray area. I think I, I think coming from a Knicks fan, I think they need Julius Randle to step up. Obviously, like he hasn't been doing the numbers he's been doing last season in his All Star appearance, but I like the the emergent uh, the uh, the uprising of R.J. Barrett. I like that because it basically shows that we didn't waste the third overall pick on a player to be a role player. Like he's looking like he can actually, the intensity he's bringing onto the court is actually proving finally in his second year, but which is good. So I liked RJ Barrett improving. Julius Randall has to start, get his head out of the gutter and start being aggressive and driving to the basket and not shooting one for 15, which is absolutely ridiculous. But, and then Evan Fournier has to be consistent. Mitchell Robinson has been having a nice season, so I can't really say much about him, but it just, Cam Reddish has to step up. But I, I think the key thing is when Derrick Rose comes back, he brings that veteran leadership on the field, and he just knows Tom Thibodeau's uh, scheme because he's been around him so many years. So hopefully that's the key because ever since he's left, he's been on injury. We've been kind of in the gutter. So Hey, I, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, for a third overall pick, I still think RJ has a lot to do, in my opinion. I know he's had a couple good games, but like overall, career-wise, I still think personally – well, actually, you gotta look at who was number who who went after him. That's the real question. Oh, I don't I don't remember now. Now you got me. Well, well, can you look that up? What's it called? I will. Yeah. Quick. But while you're doing that, really quick, do you mind if I go into the next game? Of course. All right, man. So, uh, the last game for NBA for our NBA segment to go over um is basically same same day on Wednesday. David had a prediction on the Grizzlies versus the San Antonio Spurs, and this was a good game, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Let's head right into it. So, David, you had said that the Grizzlies were going to win 118 to 106. And, David, you were close on the score, man. The Grizzlies won 118 to 110, bro. Ah. Four points off. That would have been insane. That would have been absolutely insane. Um, You did say that DeJounte Murray would have 20-plus points and 7-plus rebounds. And, David, unfortunately, DeJounte Murray only had 16 points. So, we cannot give you a point for that right there. Um, and then you also said that John Morant would have 25-plus points and 5-plus rebounds, and oh, my gosh. John Morant got, just got you the 5 rebounds, but he had 41 points, bro. Oh, my gosh. He's a monster. Absolute monster, man. So you get 2 out of 4 points in that prediction, and your score improves to – let me get it up really quick. It improves to 84. So now it's 80. Four to seventy-five, man. Um, the final score of, to, of today's prediction game, but um, between me and David, obviously. But um, David, you have- I do have it. I do have it in front of me. The the draft. There's in fact 2019 NBA draft, and you had Zion go one, uh, Ja go two, RJ go three, and then DeAndre Hunter went four, and then after him was Darius Garland, and then at six Jared oh. Culver. And then seven, Kobe White. Number eight, Jackson Hayes. Number nine, Roy Hachimura. And number 10, Cam Reddish. Finish out the top 10. Oh, give me top 14. Like, give me all lottery. Just give me 14. Uh, at 11, Cameron Johnson. 12, PJ Washington. At 13, Tyler Hero. And number 14, Romeo Langford. Y'all would have been better off with either Tyler Hero or Darius Garland. You could, but we're looking at it like, Hey, like, you could have had Darius Garland go to the Knicks, and he could have been even worse than R.J. Barrett. You know what I mean? 
It's all about the situation you're giving, you're put into. That is very true. That is very true. But um, without further ado, man, let's go ahead and dive into this game. So just to go over the stats, man, really quick. Um, for the Memphis Grizzlies, leading the team in scoring was none none other than John Moran, bro. He's been having a great, a great, great season. He had forty one points, eight assists, five rebounds, two steals. Um, he shot fifteen for twenty eight from the field, three for five from the three point line, and eighty percent from the free throw. Great game for John Morant. Um, and he only had one turnover as well, so automatically just like a, a really good complete game. After that, um, you had Jaron Jackson Jr. with twenty two points, nine rebounds, and six blocks. Bro, I don't know what we're waiting for. I know Draymond's like right now he's leading the he's leading for um defensive player of the year, but this guy's gotta be putting defense uh, in the conversation at least. It's like the 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 sixth game in the row that I've read where he's had at least four more blocks. It's insane. It's absolutely insane the numbers that he's posting right now. But great game for Jared Jackson Jr. After that, you have Desmond Bain, who's been having a great season as well. 20 points, um, two, three rebounds, three assists, one steal. And then after that, it's just pretty me- much me- um, mediocre. Um, so we'll move on to the San Antonio Spurs. And it was a rough night for them, man. Um, lead the team in scoring was off the bench, Devin Vassell. He had 20 points and four rebounds. Um, and after that, in the starting lineup, you had um, Keldon Johnson with 18 points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. You had Jacopolo with 18 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, and four blocks. Um, you had DeJounte Murray, who's usually the leader of this team, you know, but he did have a rough night, I would say, scoring-wise only. Um, he had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, and three turnovers, man. Good triple-double, but overall, he needed a little bit more scoring. And, um, yeah, with 14 points, but that's pretty much it from that game overall. Dave, you have anything else to say on that game? Um, nothing too much. Uh, I think the Spurs there they look like a solid young team, obviously, with DeJounte Murray being their star, and you have Derek White being their scorer. And then after that, you had Jakob Pertl has been ch- doing tremendous things for his team, especially on the defensive end. He had two steals, four blocks in this game. They have Keldon Johnson, Loney Walker, the fourth. They got a lot of young stars, and I think they'll be a really good player going into the future really good team going into the future. But the Grizzlies, they're just doing impeccable things. And, Eric, they are your fraudulent pick of the season, and I would be a little worried about that, not going to lie. Because they're looking absolutely insane. I'm going to be so real with you. I'm actually not. I'm actually – as the season is going on, I'm getting more and more comfortable with it, believe it or not. Really? Yes. I know they're winning games. I know they're a hot team right now. But let me me check something really quick. If we go into the standings – Okay, um, what seed are they right now? What seed? Third. Are they? Their third seed. So that means they would end up versus the the Nuggets. The no, the fifth seed, right? No, no, no. no the they, third or the sixth. Never Nuggets. You're right, right. I'm saying this right now. If the Memphis Grizzlies come against Denver Nuggets, and Jamal Murray is back, and Michael Porter Jr. is back, my pick is not wrong. Because the Denver Nuggets are booting them first round. I'm telling you that right now. I, okay. I, fully, I fully believe it. So, I'm not mad at my fraudulent pick. I, honestly, out of all the teams that I could have picked, man, I mean, I could have picked the Chicago Bulls or the Miami Heat. But at the, at the time, they weren't that high. So, um, oh, my God. I just looked at the Eastern Conference and it reminded me of the Brooklyn Nets of the four seed right now. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh, bro. We're so bad. All right. Um, Joe, wait, and also, just to remind everyone, Eric is currently two for two on his fraudulent picks. And if you don't know what that means, so basically, Eric, he has a specialty in this. 
where we predict on the NFL season and the NBA season. And he looks at the teams early on into the season. He's like, you know what? That team's fraudulent. They are going to go into the playoffs first round and they're going to get out. Or they're going to get out early. Their, their expectations are going to – people have high expectations on them. They're going to be very low. So he's been two for two on that. In the NBA season last year, he picked the, the, the fraudulent Utah Jazz and they got out, I think, second round. They didn't make the, the, um, uh, the, NBA, the NBA finals. And then this in NBA, this NFL this season, who was it NFL? Um, the Cardinals. Yes, and they got out first round. I get to the to the Rams. So right now you're two for two, man. Dude, listen, and just to clarify this as well, ladies and gentlemen, I picked this these teams before we're like halfway through the season, right? Mm-hmm. At least, so like I get I give myself at least like one or two two to three weeks at most, and then I'm like, yeah, okay, I figured it out, right? So I'll let you know. Last year, the Utah Jazz were the first. Not last year, the year before that, actually, two years ago. The Utah Jazz were the first seed and didn't even make it to the conference finals, right? Fraudulent. And then, obviously, this year... Oh, wait, no, it was last year. I'm bugging. Not two years ago. Mm-hmm. Was it, it was last year. Um, and then this year, obviously, the Cardinals, I picked them, like, around, like, week three or week... Four. I think I think week four, actually, somewhere around there. And they went out first round. And at the time, they were undefeated, so... What's it called? Grizzlies. I'm eyeing you, man. The Memphis Grizzlies are the third seed right now. And um, I think there's a possibility that they might get eliminated first round. Interesting. Interesting. We will definitely see if that happens. 100%. But um, I'm going to say Eric's prediction on for the next upcoming games in the NBA. And uh, Eric predicted uh, on the Warriors and Timberwolves game. That is actually happening. To, is that tonight or tomorrow night? Hold up. Tonight. Tonight. Tonight which is happening tonight. And uh, he's got the Timberwolves beating the Warriors 116-109 to 109 with Anthony Edwards having 25-plus points and Curry having three or more three-pointers made. And then, on, and then on Saturday, he has the Nets versus the Warriors, and he's got the, the Nets winning 126-120, to 120, hopefully, with Kyrie Irving dropping 30-plus points and Curry having five-plus assists. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, and for Davis predictions really quick, um, on Friday, he has the Knicks versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And for the first time in forever, ladies and gentlemen, David has betted against the Knicks. He said he uh, – at that, I don't know if this is a loss of hope or trying to wake them no, up. No, wake them up. David's trying to wake them up, man. He's got the Bucks winning 116-107. to 107. Um, He's got R.J. Barrett with 20-plus points, and he has Giannis with 25-plus points and 7-plus rebounds. And then on Sunday, he has the Suns versus the Spurs. He's at the Spurs winning 109-103. to 103. He's at DeJounte Murray with 20-plus points and 7-plus rebounds. And he has Devin Booker with 30-plus points. So tune in on, on Monday next week to see if we get those things correct. Um, and, David, really quick, before we move on, I just want to go over the listeners' predictions table really quick because we got a couple updates. Mm-hmm. Of course. All right. So basically, ladies and gentlemen, for anyone that doesn't know, we run a listeners' prediction game. And it basically gives you guys a chance to um, make predictions just like we did right now. On any sport that you guys want to, you guys can pick anything that you guys want. Every episode, you get a maximum amount of eight points that you guys can get. So, um, feel free to do that. And whoever comes out the winner, um, at the end of the prediction, at the end of the prediction game, um, gets the first ever piece of merch from DNA Takeover. So that's kind of fun. You know, we never given out merch before, and this would be exclusive. You know what I mean? Something that's not going to be out for everyone else. So feel free to, to compete for that. And the listeners' prediction, listeners' prediction game ends after the Super Bowl. So once the Super Bowl is over, the Super Bowl is on February thirteenth. After February 13th, um, we'll probably announce... Oh, the, the day week. before Valentine's Day. Yeah, literally. What oh, day wow. actually? 
Val- uh, Super Bowl is on a Sunday, so Valentine's Day is, in fact, a Monday. So literally the day after, you will know the, the winners. Uh, or the, you will know the winner of the competition, and then we'll try to we'll get the um, piece of merch out to you got out to you. But um, other than that, really quick, we do have an update because the only person I believe last week, that, yes, the only person that had a prediction on games, we did have 1086 make predictions, but he made predictions on the NFL game. Those didn't happen yet. But um, Julian made prediction on some NBA games, right? Um, next, Julian. Also, next time I know you're listening right now, really quick. When you send them in, because we do allow you guys to send them in on DMs as well, you can um, do our Instagram. Our Instagram is official underscore DE underscore takeover. So you guys can DM us on there your predictions, right? Or you can just send an audio message right now, and we'll write it down for you. The only rules is you have to do it before the game happens, right? Julian, next time you send in a prediction, make sure you put the date behind it. I, I could figure it out, like, throughout it all. Like, I could figure out which team you were talking about and what day. But just to, like, confirm it so we can have it for you as well. Just put the date behind them. But um, really quick. He had, he had a maximum amount of eight points to get, right? And he picked the Lakers to win their game, and the Lakers did. Um, the Warriors to win their game, and they did as well. The Suns, and yes, they did. The Bucks, however, lost. The Knicks lost. The Grizzlies won. The Wizards lost. And the Kings lost. Those are the teams that he picked to win. Um, so you got a, a total of four out of eight points, my guy. And you increased your score to a total of eight. And you moved up to third place. So right now in sixth place is Texas Billy with two points. In fifth place is Chocolate with three. In fourth is Nas with five. In third is J-Ray or Julian with eight. And then second is 10 86 with 17 points. And then first is Mr. Motivation with 25 points. So keep putting in those numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Keep putting in those numbers. But um, other than that, I think it's finally time for Big Deal but not Big Deal. But really quick, we do have an audio message. Dave, you might have to play that really quick. Of course, let's do it. All right, man. This one is from Mr. Motivation, so here we go, man. All right, here we go. Let me get some predictions in here because I, I feel like my lead might be in jeopardy. <laughs> um, oh. I got Kansas City winning, of course. Uh, I got the final score, 30-24. to 24. Uh, I got Joe Burrow and uh, Patrick Mahomes both going over 250 yards um, total. Um, for the Rams, 49ers, I got the Rams squeaking out a victory, 30-27. Um, I say that Jimmy G gets at least one turnover. And I say Matthew Stafford throws for at least two touchdowns. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. I need – he said 30 to what? 30 to 27. For the Rams, right? That's literally yep. yours. That's your yeah. prediction. Exactly. I think it's exactly my prediction. He said Jimmy would oh, no. with at least one turnover. I didn't do Jimmy. I did Debo. With one with one turnover and Matt Matthew Stafford with with two touchdowns. Yeah, two or more touchdowns. Lovely, two or more touchdowns. All right. So basically, right there, ladies and gentlemen, that was a beautiful example for Mister Motivations. Thank you for that. But at right there, basically, he just maxed out his points for the episode. So he can get he can get four points for each game that he chose. So in other words, just to break it down for you all really quick, um, say if the Chiefs, he gets one point for picking the right team. He gets one point for getting the score correct. He gets one point, and he gets one point each for every player that he picked if they get the um the stat that he chose. So basically, that gives him a total of eight points because he picked two games. But um, there it is right there, Mr. Motivation. Your picks are in, man. Your picks are in. Yes, sir. 
But um, let's go ahead and go into the next audio message, which is from Julian. Here we let's go. Let's hear it. Yes, sir. Come on. I'm going to keep these predictions rolling in. Let's go. Love it, man. We love it, man. We love it. It's closing in. It's closing in. We got two more weeks. Literally, wow. We got two more weeks and two Super Bowls. So we got, which, well, I'm, that gives them four episodes. Four episodes. You have four episodes to make the comeback, bro. I mean, I you can get 32 points out of four episodes. That's possible. crazy. That's crazy to think, man. You can get, you got, but you got to start becoming perfect on them. You got to get them all correct, man. So we'll see what happens, man. Mr. Yeah. Motivation, Mr. Motivation feels the pressure. He feels the pressure, man. It's like Patrick Mahomes right now, feeling the pressure. 1886 is right behind him, but Julian is within the last, within the last, like, two episodes, he's gained, a, he's gained, like, a very, like, He's gained some ground already, so mm-hmm. see what happens, man. But without further ado, it's now time. Actually, David, no, you interrupt. You introduce it because you introduce it better than I do. So go ahead. All right, you think so? I don't know. All right, oh, you introduce half the time better than I do. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move on to our next segment. Called that's actually a lot of pressure now. I'm being self conscious. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> let's move on to our next segment of the show, which is called Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. And the rules are simple. Me and Eric, we pick topics from any sport. It can be NFL, boxing, baseball, uh, NBA, soccer. It can be any topic, any sport. And uh, we state whether they are a big deal or not a big deal. Perfectly said, man. Perfectly said. See, the thing is, if I would have said that, I would have stuttered or something. I just said, <laughs> what's it called? Um, really quick before we go in, I want to say something about the, the, the topic that we're about to go into or the segment that we're about to go into. And then... Um, and then we can go into it. But we have an audio message really quick. So do you mind if I play that really quick? Of course. All right. This one is from Matt Padone. Let's go What's ahead. up? What's up, man? Here we go. Ah, boom, buckled. What the the seventy sixers are up at halftime. <laughs> are they up at halftime? What's the score? Actually, I'm gonna find that score. It's fifty-eight to forty, not forty-eight. I mean, fifty-four to forty-eight right now. It's seventy-sixers. Why does Anthony Davis have twenty-three points and five rebounds at halftime? What? Oh my God! He's back. <laughs> uh, that means LeBron James is not doing anything. That's literally why they're winning. Joel Embiid has thirteen points. AD is dogging him. Oh my God! <laughs> What's going on? Wow, are the Lakers actually good now because of Anthony Davis? That's messed up. They all imagine they, they needed the Nets they, that Nets game gave him momentum. I'd cry. I'd cry. <laughs> imagine the Lakers finally came back because we gave him a W. Nah, I, I'm I'm just gonna refuse to believe that until it actually happens. But um, uh, really quick before we go into it, David, we don't really do this a lot, right? And I mean, like we technically do tell them in the beginning of the show, but like I feel like it's like good to remind people, guys. I understand that we come up with the topics for big deal, not big deal, but. If you have a topic that you guys want us to discuss, send it, feel free to send it in, and we'll talk about it. A hundred and ten percent, man. So, like, don't don't be afraid. It's a safe space to talk about sports. So, if you guys want to talk about a topic, man, send it in right now. This will be the perfect time because we talk about any single sport that you guys want us to talk about to the best of our ability. So, without further ado, David, I do go first, right? You do, indeed. And with that being said, like, with me just saying that right there, the first topic I'm actually going to go into is soccer because it was requested earlier in the show that from, from Julian that we talk about Adama Traore being loaned to Barca. So, David, you get to stand first because, you know, I'm asking you the question. But big deal, nah, big deal, man. Adama Traore has officially confirmed that he'll be loaned to Barca, man. I definitely think it's a big deal. I yeah. definitely think it's a big deal. 
Um, when you have a player like Adamo, who's absolutely – I mean, everyone can say he's a physical player. I mean, if you just look at his body type, you can tell he's a physical player. And he has speed, which everyone knows speed kills. But um, uh, <laughs> if you don't know what he looks like, just search up Adama. It's A-D-A-M-A, and you'll, you'll, you'll see the photos. He's absolutely jacked. But other than that, I think, I think this might be a good, a good thing for Barcelona. Ready? Ready? Quick little thing. It's only a loan deal. So that means if they don't want him, he can go to the wall. He can go back to Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton if he really wants to. But um, other than that, like the Wolves, yes. But um, it's just he's just a good player to have around. I think he will be the engine of that team. He's very physical, like I said, and he's ve- he brings the intensity in the, in the pace. What he doesn't is not good at is finishing and all the other jazz. But in terms of waking up a team and getting them and getting pressure on them, I think he's he's pretty good. I don't. I hear some people are complaining about this and saying it's a terrible signing. I really don't say it's the worst thing. It's saying it's a lot of pressure on Adama. I really don't agree with that because then again, he's just it's like it's, it's like a ten day contract in the NBA. He's literally testing out to see if he. If he, if he can fit with their scheme in Barcelona, and I think this is a great thing for Adama because it can go it can go to show that he can potentially play for a team like Barcelona, which is obviously a great franchise and a great uh, a great uh, team to be on, obviously. But I'm not hating it. I mean, it's something to try out because right now Barcelona needs a lot of answers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what's it called? Before I even get into my point, I'm gonna play an audio message from Matt Padone. You just sent one in, so I want to. <laughs> All right, here we go. That is such a bad move, bro. Adama is not gonna do anything for Barca, bro. You're better off getting a Obama game, my brother. I'm telling you, no. bro. Oh. That is the key to your success. Like he's not, he's not like a, 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 a long term solution, but like you know, he's good for like another two, three good years, bro. Also, Shaq is downing a water bottle right now, bro. He is parched. <laughs> what? What? Oh my god! Shaq is downing a water bottle. No, no, he's drinking it normal. It just looks like he's because he's just so big. Oh my gosh. Um. Now I'd like to um wait. First of all, I don't. I'm gonna just give my opinion really quick before like and kind of the answer. I'm just gonna answer Perdon's like um. What's it called? It's statement. Yeah, statement really quick. Um, Aubameyang, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't want Aubameyang. And there's several reasons for it. Now, I am a Barca fan, ladies and gentlemen. So, like, I don't want to, like... I'm going to try to put this in, like, a perspective from a Barca fan and also a perspective from, like, a neutral standpoint, right? From, like... like I'm going to try my best not to be as biased, right? <laughs> so... Aubameyang, the reason I don't want Aubameyang straight off the bat is because we have way too many... We already have strikers as it is, and Aubameyang already is crumbling at Arsenal, right? Like, he had... I don't know what... I don't even know the situation on it, to be honest. I don't know why he just... He's, like, fell off the face of the earth for no reason. And I don't know why, because at first, like, he was... At times during Arsenal, he gave them great moments, you know what I mean? Like, his his time at Arsenal wasn't technically bad, so... To just see him automatically just fall off out of nowhere makes no sense. But I don't think transitioning the Barca will help us at all, especially on a permanent move. No shot because he already has problems. It, like he's no, he's already shown that he can have problems outside of football, and that's something that Barca does not need to deal with right now. We already have, we're already in debt. We already need to find a way to to figure figure out that debt and sign new players. Messi left us obviously, and we need to figure out a way to to really 
get back to our star, our star, um, our our normal way of winning in general. Like we're we're not we're not the same Barca that we used to be right now. So we need to figure out a way to get back to that. And right now, dealing with Aubameyang's issues is not the way to go. Right. So I'm not. And plus, we again, like I said, we already have strikers. We don't need another one. Um. So I'm not about Aubameyang. Right. Adama Traore. Okay. Hear me out on this one. It's like a 50-50, okay? Because when you first hear Dama Traore is coming to your club, I don't think it's an exciting thing, right? Especially when it's Barcelona. It's like... Some people would say who? Not even who. More like, why is this oil man coming to my club? It's like, it's like, <laughs> why is this oiled up freak coming? It's like, it's it, or like this oiled up bodybuilder. That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind, at least. I was like, what's going on? But then I had to think, I had to sit back and think about it. I'm like, wait a minute, can this help us in any type of way? You have to, this is how I see it. Barca are in a situation where they're in debt. Um, right now, Ansu Fati got injured again. That's so sad, right? And Dembele is, is on his way out. It's been confirmed that he's not staying at Barcelona and they cannot come to an agreement and he will be leaving, right? So at this point, we're, we need a winger and like we need a, a it's like we can like sometimes we can play Gavi at winger. I understand like there's other players that can play wing, right? But we need one winger that's solid for right now, right? Something that can like last us at least a little bit, right? Because we're still fighting. We even though we're at a, a bad point in time in in Barca like history, I guess you could say, or like we're this is a low moment because we're rebuilding. We're still trying to stay in Europe, okay? So loaning out Adama Traore. This is a player that basically can do almost everything else but score. <laughs> he does, or, or produce he, everything else but produce stats. Let's say that. We'll even go that far. So, like, he can cross the bar here and there. But, like, realistically, when it comes to stats, he doesn't produce numbers. Okay? He's been in the Premier League for a long time now. Right? And overall, the reason I'm not mad at it entirely is because – as a as a fan, instantly I get irritated at the fact that we have to, we're, why are we signing him? Because I've seen him play, right? But Chavi's and Chavi's at the wheel right now, okay. And in my opinion, the only way this deal could have went through is because is because he either saw something or saw some type of potential, right? And I'm choosing to trust Chavi, and hopefully he sees something that I'm not seeing. Because as far as I'm concerned, in this sense, Adama. At least we're not signing him on a permanent deal. That's all I'm worried. If we were to sign Adama straight off a permanent deal, that's a bad deal, okay? Because we don't know what he's going to bring to Barcelona. This is a loan option to buy is not bad because there's a possibility that he just doesn't work with Wolves and he just doesn't work in the Premier League. We have plenty of situations where players do well outside of certain leagues and then come and then and then come and then sorry they do well. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they do well in like Serie A, La Liga, Bundesliga, or something like that. Then they come to the Premier League and they crumble. Because the Premier League is a different monster, a different beast, right? Maybe he's not a Premier League player. Granted, he's played at Barcelona when he was younger, but he's grown from that, right? So it's it's a different situation. Literally. So yeah. <laughs> Literally. So it's a different situation from that now. So giving him the opportunity to play for us, and honestly, there's not really anyone else that I can see that we can that we can get on a loan right now, right? There's, we're, we're not signing anybody big, right? You got to think, our, our, our next target is Morata, another person I do not want because we already have strikers. But it's it's kind of like the same thing as Aubameyang, except that he doesn't have pro- – he's not like a diva. Off I guess the field, yeah. Yeah, he's not, he doesn't have off-the-field issues, right? But at the same time, 
It's like there's no other wingers that I can think of that are willing that teams are willing to give out on loan, right? Adama's been like kind of a gray area for a little bit now. So taking him in, maybe it works for us, maybe it doesn't, right? And also Chavi just came out and said this, right? I saw a quote recently. Um right actually right before we got on the show. He goes, The Premier League, I don't this is and this is not like quoted like right, right off the bat. I'm just going off the top. Paraphrasing, of my head. yeah. Yeah, paraphrasing it. Um he basically said the Premier League over overhypes players, in other words. Or not even Premier League. People in England overhype players. He goes, you can have two, one or two, three games, right, that you play good and they call you a legend. He goes, when, realistic, when realistically, it's just it's just overhyped and weight and a lot of hype over, over one player that's not really that good, right? So this, is, this gave me my reasoning to why Xavi thought this was a good idea, right? And hear, hear me out again. When he says this, I think he sees something in Dama that we don't. Because everyone sees Adama in the Premier League as garbage. Comes off the bench as Wolves. Like, he comes off the bench for Wolves. He can't score goals. All he does is, is add uh, add pressure to teams like back lines with his pace. Right? But o- overall, Xavi has to see something. Because he's like, listen, the same way Premier League England can overhype players is the same way they could, they, they could damage players as well. You have two or three bad games, and they could throw you under the bus. So clearly, I'm I'm seeing something like along the lines that may, maybe he's a maybe he's good, but no one else sees it in England, and maybe Chavi sees it. So that's the only thing I, that I can think about. Other than that, it's a little bit of a danger. It's I can see how it can be like a bad move, but at the same time, I'm not writing it off yet because we haven't seen him play for Barca. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. And to recap, to basically to add on to what you said about Adama and how how it can really help him in Barcelona. When you look at Barcelona's roster, they pretty much have a young squad. And you said Antu Fati, you know, he just got injured, all that stuff. You got like Gavi right there, the young, the youngster, right? But they have a young team, and they're not really that physical. They're like they're kind of a small team, in a sense. And when you add a guy like Adama, a very physical player who I think can help out this Barcelona team, and he, like Eric said, he might not get the stats, he might not do the glamorous goals or get the glamorous assist, but Guess what? He'll be the engine on the court. And to bring it into basketball terms, it's like having a, Bra- a Patrick Beverly on your team. A little pest. A little, a little uh, guy who can, uh, who can annoy you a little bit, you know, with his speed. But obviously, he's not annoying you with his, with his uh, talking. He's just annoying you with his speed and his uh, physicality. So I think he can be a, a solid piece if they use him right. It, it, all, it all comes down to how he adjusts to, to Barcelona as a whole. That's right. right. And we do we we were in need of a winger, so like I'm not I'm not fully stressed I'm not fully stressing it. Like I'm more stressed if we waste money on Morata or Aubameyang. That's gonna that's gonna piss me off. That's, that's a waste. That's really gonna piss me off. I don't understand. We did the same thing with Griezmann, right? I literally said this every in the beginning, right? A lot of people were hyped that Griezmann was coming to Barca, and it clear. And I I said this before it before it happened. I was like, this is a bad signing. I'm like, there's no reason. To, to want or need Griezmann. Griezmann was not a winger for coming from Atletico Madrid, right? He was a striker. We already had Suarez. So just automatically just thinking that Griezmann can make the transition to winger didn't make sense. And I knew, I, I felt as if he couldn't make the transition to winger. What happened? It didn't work out, okay? So now, so now right, we, we're doing, like, kind of like repeating almost. We have Memphis Depay. We just signed Ferran Torres. Why are we going for Morata? For what reason? It makes no sense. He's not. He's not. A, and he, to overall, I would pick Fernando Torres over Morata any day of the week. 
So it's like, why do we need another striker? Like, if anything, we should be going for something else other than a striker. Same thing with Aubameyang. Aubameyang, like, he could play, he, he could play wing, yeah, sure. But at the same time, I, I don't want his off-field problems. It doesn't make sense. The people that we're going for, like, oh, the spend yeah, off- deal is crazy to me. Alone, yeah. different story, but off-field problems can really be an issue to uh, to a locker room, especially with a, a team like Barcelona that is struggling currently. But um, so we can both agree, big deal. Yeah, it's definitely a big deal. Okay, hundred percent. But if you don't mind, I'm gonna go into my big deal, not a big deal topic. And yeah. um, we have some news that just came out. I believe it was yesterday or the day before, something like that. I don't really, I don't really remember. But it was uh. One of the quarterbacks for Eric's beloved Pittsburgh Steelers team. Right, Eric? No? Not your favorite team? Whoa! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get mixed up. I don't know. Baltimore Ravens, Steelers. I don't know. I get mixed up sometimes. Nah. But, um... Ravens and Steelers, two different teams, bud. Nah. <laughs> but. Yeah, cool. Oh, my but anyway, God. Anyway, big deal, not a big deal, Eric. Big Ben Roethlisberger uh, just announced that he's retiring. Big deal, bro. Nah, I'm like. I'm like mixed emotions now because I was like, so, like cool to talk about until you were like, yeah, it's your team. Ew. <laughs> nah, bro. All respect to Ben, but no, the Steelers, no shot. But what's it called? Um, shout out to Ben, man. He's had a great career. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, and just, just overall, just a great quarterback, bro. Has it done has done a lot for um for Pittsburgh at his time there. I believe he bought them two rings, right? Correct. Yeah, he bought them two rings, man. So overall, congrats to Big Ben on a great career, man. You, you, and even if like you didn't end it off like as winning a championship or anything, I think he ended it off well because they they got into the playoffs at least. I mean, granted, he was throwing waffles on the field while they were doing it, but <laughs> what's it called? They they squeezed into the playoffs. So overall, man, congratulations to you, Big Ben. Great career. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. And the last three seasons that we've seen of Ben Roethlisberger does not really identify the identity that Ben Roethlisberger was. When you look at Big Ben, the reason why he was called Big Ben is because no one could tackle him. No one could sack him when he was in the pocket. He literally, uh, 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 what do you call it, stiff arm uh, defensive guys while he was throwing the ball. It was absolutely insane. But uh, just quick uh, quick uh, uh, stats on uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he, thrown, he has thrown for uh, 63,844 total yards. Uh, he had 417 passing touchdowns in his Hall of Fame career, and uh, each of them ranking into the top 10 of NFL history. So that's obviously an achievement. Uh, he's led the league in passing yards two times and passing yards per game three times while earning six Pro Bowl appearances. So uh, obviously Ben Roethlisberger has been no joke throughout his 18-year career in the NFL. And uh, will he be a Hall of Famer? We'll answer this right now. Will he be a Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. Okay, we can agree on that. Cool. Ah, did, did someone's someone smoking crack. Like what? Did <laughs> they say no? Yeah, that'd be crazy. But still, no. Congrats, congratulations to Big Ben, man. Hundred percent. But um, can I go on to my next topic? Of course. Uh, how many more do you want to do? Because I see it's nine o'clock. So like, I got one or two more. I right, So we'll just keep going back and forth until yours runs out. But um, what's it called? All right, I got another soccer one for you. Right, and I think this is another big one. There's a lot, a lot of signings have been going on recently, and um, I want to talk about this one really quick. That actually just got confirmed today. Um, big deal, not a big deal. 
Dusan Vlahovic, I think that's how you say it, right? Um, stri- Serbian soccer, he's um from Serbia, right? Um, striker for Fiorent- the the club Fiorentina. Um, twenty two years old as of right now, and he has recently just wait a minute. He actually did he just turn twenty two? Hold up, what's today's date? Today is the twenty seventh. No, he he. What's it called? He, his birthday's tomorrow. Wow! Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, happy happy birthday, Dusan. But um, <laughs> recently signed with Juventus from Fiorentina, man. Big deal, not a big deal. Um, I'll say big deal just because it's a big deal for him. I think when you move from a, a club like Fiorentina and you move all the way to the big leagues like Juventus, I mean they haven't been showing that they are a big team in the last couple of years since Ronaldo's left, but they um they're definitely a big name, especially in Italy. And I feel like everyone knows who Juventus is. Doesn't matter if you don't really follow soccer, you follow it a little bit. You kind of grasp the idea that they're one of the big teams in Italy. But it's also it's honestly great for a young young uh, young stud in his career to go to a, a big team like that. My only issue is that the transition is that when you looked at it as Fiorentina like a, a mediocre mid team, and you're looked at as the main guy, and then the ego, the kind of the, the ego moving from a, a good team being that number one guy moving to a Juventus team that you have big names as well. It's like that you're not the you're not the biggest name on that team. So I feel like that has to be like an ego thing as well. You have to relax that. But I, I think you should be fine. Adjusting it should be fine. But just there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be you're gonna have to a lot of pressure on you. you say that. When you move to a big club, say Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, uh, Manchester United, Manchester City, all those Liverpool, all those names and you move to those clubs, you're gonna have a lot of pressure on you from fan bases, from media, all that other jazz. So hopefully he's up for the task. Yeah, man. Um, I honestly think this is a great signing um, for Dusan Vlahovic um, overall or and for Juventus as a, as a whole because not only he he's joint top scorer in the, in the Serie A right now, right? And he's just joined another team or I would say a bigger club as of right now, right? And he's staying in the same league. So he already knows how the league works. You know what I mean? So... Overall, it could just only get it can kind of only get better for him because he'll be playing with better players. Over like Juve hasn't been great, but he's gonna be playing with better players technically. So it's gonna make him only it's gonna only make him better. It's gonna only challenge him to be better. So I'm excited to see what he can bring to this team. Um, there was talk that he could have possibly went to Arsenal. I'm shocked that he didn't choose Arsenal to be honest with you, because um, he would have had a bigger support cast. I was talking about this earlier on in the day with one of my boys. Um, he would have been, he would have had a bigger support cast at Arsenal. He would have had Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Odegaard. Like there would have been so much more attacking class to play with. But maybe maybe he thought Juve was a better better position for himself because you know he's comfortable in Serie A and also Juve's not being well, so maybe he could bring Juve up. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I think it was a good signing regardless. Either like you can't go wrong either way. Um, because I think he's gonna shine regardless. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, really quick before we move on, we got two audio messages from Matt Padone. So I'm gonna go. Let's hear it. All right, here we go. No, no, no. Big Ben is not a Hall of Famer. Psych, I lied. He is. <laughs> but anyway, score report: Philly up seventy. LA, I'm not up seventy. They have seventy, and then Lakers got fifty-eight. So uh, yeah. Oh. Philly up. Interesting. Interesting. If LeBron was on the court, I think it'd be a different story. I'm not gonna lie. Where's LeBron? It, huh? 
LeBron's out? Yeah, he's not playing. That's why they're Oh, that's 23 points. He's not playing because LeBron's not playing. Oh, that's why. All right. Yeah, man. But at the same time, AD, like, if AD was playing like this and LeBron was on the court, I think it'd be a, a, a much closer game. I'll tell you that much. I don't know if they'd be winning, but I think it'd be a closer game. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, but uh, Joel Embiid right now has 13 points still. Still? Yeah. How are they winning? I don't know. Oh, my God. Lakers defense is going nuts. It is. What the heck? Tyrese oh, Maxey is 14, and Tobias Harris is leading with 17. Tyrese Maxey's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love Tyrese Maxey. All right, let's go ahead and play the next one. Here's from, here's from um, Matt Padone. Nah, I agree. He would have had a better support cast, but the thing is, though, we never put a bid in for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. That was, that was a missed opportunity from Arsenal. But, hey, there's there's plenty of other upcoming strikers, possibly. And also for Arsenal, their their academy academy seems to be lethal. So <laughs> they they produce they, they seem to be producing good good players. So we'll see what happens for them in the future. But um, David, I pass it over to you, my guy. All right, man. Uh, looking at time, I do have. I'm gonna go into my last one. Just okay. Wrap it up. But um, big deal, not a big deal, Eric. We got Katie Taylor going up against Amanda Serino in a boxing fight that is set for April 30th at MSG. And there's a little bit of a history made in this one. And it is the first women's boxing match to, to in history to headline at Madison Square Garden. Big deal, not a big deal. Big deal, of course. That's amazing, man. That's absolutely amazing. Um, creating history, the two the two um, women about to create history. Man, it's, um, it's going to be a good fight, too. It's going to be a good fight, man. Mm-hmm. Number one and number two. Who do you got, though, is the real question. I don't know. They're, 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 it's... It's I'm gonna have to go. You know what? I'm gonna have to go. Katie Taylor. I want to go. Dang it! I think I think she. Well, you don't have to. You can agree with me. It's just who you I think. Mean, time for like the for the culture. I gotta go. I gotta go to the other the other side. You know, there's gotta be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> so you just choose the other one. Yeah, I just choose. I just I just choose the other girl instead because you chose Katie. All right, but no, this is this is a big deal just because of the history that's being made. And you might not know who these fighters are, but you're sure going to know them once they are the main event that happens on April 30th. Because this is a, especially to be these two women to be the, the headline of the at MSG. You know how big MSG is? Big, big, big. Especially in, in boxing, that's like literally the ground. MSG is the ground for boxing. But uh, to headline it, then again, we're going to be knowing these, these ladies' names for a little while. So. Keep them, keep them in your fresh in your mind. April thirtieth, so it's, it's a big deal. Definitely, bro. Definitely, but um, all right, man. Without further ado, we move on to our last segment of the show. Yeah. Yes, sir. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the show where we are going to move into our our NFL goat of the week. And um, the rules are simple. Me and Eric, we uh, formulate a top ten with six through ten being our honorable mentions, and then a top five with number one of our top five being considered the GOAT of the week. And not to confuse anyone, the GOAT of the week does not mean the greatest player of all time. It's just a fun little spinoff game that me and Eric do of the best player of the week. But we call it the GOAT of the week. And this is currently playoffs, uh, playoff, uh, playoffs GOAT of the week. So we'll see who is the playoff MVP. Yeah, man. Basically, 
it gives us a little like insight on what who we think like by the time they get to the finals, who's going to win MVP at that point? Like for the like finals MVP because you can't win an MVP mm-hmm. as a whole. But like when you if whoever's the best player in the in the finals, it gives an insight of who's possibly going to get it, you know, or who's been playing the best in the playoffs overall. But um, I believe I go first this week, right, David? Yes, sir. All right, man. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and start it off, ladies and gentlemen. We are over time, so I will not be um I would not be listing stats. I'll just be going through through everything um as a whole. And let's go ahead and get started. So at my number 10, I had the Tennessee Titan, AJ Brown. I believe he had 142 yards and one touchdown, but again, I just said I wasn't gonna list stats, so I just listed stats. Oh my god. But what's it goes <laughs> if that's off the top of my head, that's why. I don't have it in front of me right now because I have my computer in front of me. But if I had the stats in front of that that's why I consider listing stats. If I have the computer in front of me, I'm reading it. But if it's off the top of my head, no. But regardless, AJ Brown um had a great week. Congratulations to him. He's number ten. And number nine, I have Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. He had a crazy defensive performance. Overall, I think he had like Q- three QB hits, like two tackles for a loss, something crazy like that. Five total tackles, three solos, something like that. But um, great game for him. Then at number eight, I got the Cheetah Tyreek Hill. Um, had an amazing game from the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously. He had an amazing game. He had, like, 150 yards and one touchdown. Um, absolutely great game for him. Played a big role in that W. Um, at number seven, I got Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams. He also had another great game. Um, he had, like, 189 yards and one touchdown or something for a wide receiver, which is insane. But the only reason he's this low is because he fumbled the ball. That's literally it. Um, but he would have been higher if he didn't fumble that ball. But congratulations to Cooper Cup. And at number six to round off the 10 through six, I got the kicker from the Cincinnati Bengals, Evan, McPe- Evan, Evan, Evan McPherson. I usually say McPherson. I mess, I butcher his name. But Evan McPherson, um, absolutely great game, man. Four for four. Um, putting the team on his back, honestly. Just a great, great kicker, man. They had he like 14 out of their 19 points or something. Absolutely insane. But um, that rounds up my 10 through six. But let's get into the top five, ladies and gentlemen. And at number five, I had the Tennessee Titan, Jeffrey Simmons, or Jeffrey Simons, whatever, whichever one. I, be- I believe it's Simmons, but I-, I say Simmons, but regardless. um, Jeffrey Simmons, man, he had a monster game. I believe he had, like, eight total tackles, seven solo, three sacks, three tackles for a loss, and three QB hits. Like, it was it was disgusting, man, for what he did. Unfortunate for him, for his team to lose, because, you know, Ryan Tannehill is a sketchy type of quarterback. But regardless, um, um congratulations for him to be number five. At number four, we got the Los Angeles Ram, Matthew Stafford. We got Matthew Stafford at number four. Great game. He had three touchdowns, had yards to go along with it. Seventy a plus, above seventy percent in percentage completion. Great, um, absolutely amazing, man. But you could not beat out this guy, and it pained me to put this guy at number at number three. It really did, and that man is. The wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills, Gabriel Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabriel Davis had 201 yards and four touchdowns as a wide receiver. And he's only at number three, bro. Like, you got to think about this. Like, this this guy had an, an amazing wide The best wide receiver game that you could possibly have. And he's still at number three because, because two other people outperformed him. That's absolutely insane, man. Shout out to Gabriel Davis for making the list. Um... But we go on to number two, man, and uh, it's another guy that pains me. I have to put him at number two, honestly, because it's just like uh, after watching what happened in this game, man, I feel bad for him. I mean, I know you guys, you know where I'm going with this. It's the Buffalo Bill again. 
Josh Allen, man. Josh Allen, absolutely amazing, amazing week. He got go of the week last week, but he couldn't get it back-to-back this week, man, because there was one guy that outbeat him. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys can think of it because there's only one guy that literally, literally beat him or outplayed him, I guess you could say. But um, without further ado, man, my number one for go of the week for the first time um, in the NFL playoffs is, drumroll please, Kansas City Chief, the quarterback, the baby goat, as Mr. Motivations would say, Patrick Mahomes, man. Patrick Mahomes basically matched Joe Burrow. Not Joe Burrow, I'm bugging. Basically matched, <laughs> matched um, Josh Allen, but he had more yards as well, and he won the game as well, man. I couldn't, I could not give him, I couldn't not give him the goal of the week. So, Patrick Mahomes, congratulations. You get your first goal of the week of the NFL playoffs, man. David, how are we feeling about this list? I agree. All right, man. Love it. Playing it short and simple, short and sweet. But uh, let's get into my top 10, starting at number 10 in the honorable mentions. We got Eric Armstead. Like, he, uh, he had an yeah. impressive game. Um, he had five total tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, two QB hits, applying the pressure. But um, uh, at number nine, I have the kicker. This guy is going to be a next upcoming stud behind Justin Tucker, behind uh, Daniel Carlson, and you have Evan McPherson. Right there, those guys, those three guys are gonna be the top kickers in the NFL. But Evan McPherson at number nine, he went four for four on the field goals, his long being 54, and he went one for one on the extra points. He had 13 of the Bengals' 19 points, and uh, it's gonna if if he keeps it up, he's gonna have an insane game at Kansas City. Uh, but other than that, congratulations on being number nine. At number eight, I have Rashad Gary of the Green Bay Packers. He had four total tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, and three QB hits. Like I said, another one, applying the pressure, man. And uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get the W, but Jimmy Garofalo was uh, getting was, uh, was stand, was uh, on his back most of the time when Gary was on top. But um, other than that, number seven, uh, we go to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had an impressive, an impressive week as well. He had, I think, 10 receptions for 151 yards, and he touched down this off the top of my head. But um, impressive game. And he also had that, that ridiculous uh, that ridiculous touchdown where you basically ran around all the defenders just to score. It was ridiculous. But at number six, I have Cooper Cup. Like Eric said, he had another ridiculous game. He had like above 180 yards and one touchdown. But the fumble, obviously, you had to take that into in consideration. But basically, Cooper Cup's been showing us this all season, and he should win Offensive Player of the Year. But we should all know this. But now let's move into the top five. And at number five, I have the Tennessee Titan, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons had a, a very, very good game. Like, almost like T.J. Watt numbers in a sense. He had eight total tackles, seven solo, with three sacks, three tackles for a loss, and three QB hits. I always say this. Talk about applying the pressure because he basically put Joe Burrow on his back three times. Insane. But other than that, we want number four, and is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford had a completion. He went 28 for 38, 74 yards completion, 366 passing yards, two touchdowns, and offensive rating of 121. Point two, and he also rushed the ball a little bit. Four carries for six yards and a touchdown to go along with it. So three total touchdowns and a yardage above 370 yards. So an impressive game for Matthew Stafford, definitely flipping the switch as of late. But now let's move on to uh, number three. And it pains me, like Eric said, it pains me to put this guy number three because this is like literally the best. He tied the, the he t- I think he tied or he has the postseason record for the most touchdowns in a single game, and that's. Gabriel Davis as a wide receiver. He had eight receptions for 201 yards and four touchdowns. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. 
I, I swear he would have been go to week if these guys, these two guys, did not put up the same ridiculous numbers. But impressive game for you, man. And I had to acknowledge that. But now we move on to number two. And I got to go with the Buffalo Bills quarterback, a guy that I've liked watching during at this playoffs. And he's looking like to be one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, uh, he went 27 for 37, uh, 329 yards, four passing touchdowns, no interceptions. And he also led the team in rushing with 11 carries for 68 yards. So impressive game for Josh Allen as well. But I cannot overpass this guy, number one. And I think you guys know where I'm going with this. And Eric, before I give it away, cue that drum roll, please. I got to go with the Kansas City Chief, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, like Eric said, we agreed on the top t- top five, but Patrick Mahomes, at number one, you had to acknowledge it because he had more yardage as well. And although they had similar touchdowns, they had four. Uh, like I said, Patrick Mahomes had a total of like 430-plus yards. He went 33 for 44, 378 yards passing, three touchdowns, and he also led the team rushing with seven carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. So he just had an impressive night. He uh, led his team to that victory in the final drive and uh, a very great game and very interesting to watch these two in the future, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. But congratulations to Patrick Mahomes being the first-timer in the playoffs and go to the week conversation. Hey, man. Top five? You agree top five, bro? Yes, sir. That's fine, man. I think it's easier for us to agree when there's less teams. Oh, 100%. I will say this, though. I'm surprised you put Aaron Donald in there at all. Yeah, I didn't have him on my list, if I'm being honest. What? I might have missed him. I might have missed him. All right, wait, wait. All right, I'm not, I'm not coming for you there. I mean, I, I, I still agree with your list because I have Rashawn Gary and um, uh, um, Eric Armstead on my list. But I do want to, I do want to list you his stats really quick. Please. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting there. We're getting there. Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait. Put some more on it. What's it called? I'm, I'm, I'm slow right now. All right. While I'm doing that. Um, actually, though, no, I have it really quick. All right, here it is. So, Aaron Donald for the Los Angeles Rams against against Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well, ladies and gentlemen. Why is my computer working? All right, there it goes. He had um five total tackles, three solo tackles, one sack, two tackles for a loss, one pass deflected, and three QB hits. I can see that. But then again, it raises the question, where is Eric Armstead or Rashad Gary? Nah, because, well, I could I could see your argument on putting them above, like, our two, like, different ones was A.J. Brown. And, like, I had A.J. Brown and Aaron Donald. I could see your argument for for A.J. Brown, like, to take him out of there, right? Because it's, like, a defense versus an offense, so, like, you can go either way. Defensively, though, I think if you put them, if you put both of their stats, Eric Armstead and Rashawn Gary, side-by-side with Aaron Donald, I think Aaron Donald will come out. Really? I don't, I don't think so, but. All right, wait, all right, wait, wait, hold on, then. Pull, pull up um, Arik Armstead's stats really quick. Arik Armstead had uh, wait, he had five total tackles. I wait, think three go, solo. Go, go which one? Go one by one. So like, five total tackles, five total tackles. They're tied out. Okay, three mm-hmm. solo, three solo, tied out. Now go to sacks. Uh, two sacks. Okay, that's Arik. Uh, two tackles for a loss. They're tied out. And two QB hits. Aaron Donald has one pass deflected, and he has three QB hits. So he does beat him out. Okay. But now and, Rashad Gary. All right, go ahead. Rashad Gary, he had four total tackles. Aaron had five. Uh, uh he had two sacks. Wait, he had no solo, three like solo wise. Oh, wait, let me wait. Give me one second. Give me one second. 
He had hold up, hold up. Uh, no, uh, he had all of them for solo, four solo. Oh, so that goes all right. So then that's one to that's one to Rashawn Gary. He had two sacks. And that's another one to Rashawn Gary. Three tackles for a loss. Another one to Rashawn Gary. And three QB hits. So all right, so Aaron Donald technically loses to Rashawn Gary. Okay, okay. It's not by much, but I see. I see your point. I see your point. <laughs> I, I just say, a little bit. Either way, I say we could call it even, though. You know what no, I mean? No, yeah, hundred percent. What's it called? Let's go in and go into like our NFL playoff score of the week list as a whole, because um, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a point system for this. I, Dave, you explained that earlier, right? The, the point system or not? Uh, not earlier in the show, but I feel like we do it every every show. I mean, like, like when you were introducing the goal. No, I didn't. I, I didn't do it. So basically, I'll do it real quick. So okay. basically, we have a point system. If you didn't know, um, so basically, six through ten. Uh, basically, one, two, three, four, five on our list. The list goes. If you if you finish first, you get ten points and one go to the week. At not at two, you get nine points. At three, you get eight points. Four, you get seven. At five, you get six, and then yada yada yada, all the way down to number ten with one point. So yeah. uh, we keep a point system and we count the go to the weeks because. If you are tied on points, uh, it matters where how many go to the weeks you have, and if you have the same amount of go to the weeks, it's basically whoever got there first. But perfectly said, perfectly. But said. You, you go first, my my friend. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and dive into it. I'll give you guys a top ten because I actually do have a top ten within the within the first two weeks of that um of the um, NFL playoffs, right? And at number ten, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, um, Travis Kelsey with four points. At number nine, we got the Cincinnati Bengal kicker. Evan McPherson with five points. At number eight, we got Joe Burrow with five points. At number seven, we have Jeffrey Simons um, with, with from, from the Tennessee Titans with six points. At number six, we got Alex Singleton with six points from the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, at number five, we have Tom Brady with seven points from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously. Um, at number four, we got Gabriel Davis with eight points, right? At number three, we have Matthew Stafford with 15 points. And at number two, we have Josh Allen with 19 points and one, one go of the week. And at number one, we have Patrick Mahomes with 19 points and one go of the week. There it is. There it is. And uh, at number 10 on my list for playoff MVP, number 10, it goes Von Miller with four points. Number nine, you have Cooper Cup with five points. Uh, number eight, you have Travis Kelsey with five points. Number seven, you have Jeffrey Simmons with six points. Number six, you got my defensive player of the year, TJ Watt with six points. Number five, we got Alex Singleton with uh, seven points. And number four, we got Gabriel Davis, a wide receiver for the Bills, with eight points. And number three, we got Matthew Stafford with 15 points. And number one, uh, number two, we have Patrick Mahomes with 19 points and one go to the week. And at number one, Josh Allen with 19 points and one go to the week. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. But other than that, David, I think it's safe to say we could close up the show now. I think so, too. But um, with, uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who took the time out of their day just to listen to us. You know, we appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome, and don't forget it. Also, if you're new here on the Stereo app, the Stereo app is where we do our live shows. So if you're listening to other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor app, wherever you'll get your podcasts, uh, and you want to uh, talk to us live, uh, you can follow us on the Stereo app, and uh, also subscribe to the show so that uh, you know when we go live. But also, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is official underscore DE underscore takeover. I'll say it again, official underscore DE underscore takeover. And that's when you get updates when we go live, interact with our posts, interact with our stories. And uh, we did recently post one. We're trying to get into a little more memes and comedy, uh, but uh, also keeping those uh, 
those uh, sports talk, those sports related talks as well. But uh, please follow us on that. Also, you want to get to know your co-hosts of the shows, me and Eric, a little more. You can follow my Instagram. It is David underscore Rod underscore O two, and Eric's is Eric underscore Hines sixteen. Beautiful. So please go give us a follow. Also, we do have a Twitter. We're trying to get consistent with it, and uh, it's basically a new year, and we're trying to get on, trying to use Twitter now. But um, other than, uh, please follow us on Twitter is DNA Takeover, and our ad is called Rim Meat. Uh, it's a little you're probably like scratching your head on that. It's because like uh, for anyone doesn't for anyone that remembers, we were officially called uh, Mimi at the Rim, so we called it Rim Meat. But uh, we can't change it. We're gonna find a way to hopefully change it. But as of right now, the ad is Rim Meat. But you can search us up at DNA Takeover. But um, other than that, we do have a YouTube channel, which is you guessed it. It's called DNA Takeover. I mean, there's no other name. But uh, so please uh, subscribe to that channel. And we do have four videos up at the moment. Uh, we have a basketball 1v1 challenge, a soccer challenge, uh, Brooklyn Nets vlog, which you really have to check that one out, and also the Qdoba uh, mukbang. So Q&A, questions, get to know us, and uh, you want to check that one out as well. Our, like I said, our um, YouTube is uh, DNA Takeover. So please like and comment on those videos and subscribe to the channel. And tell us if you guys like it. Tell us what you guys want to see next because we'll do we'll, – basically do anything but other than that um we do uh if you missed any type of the show if you missed any part of the show the beginning the end the middle you just want to re-watch the show uh you can check it out on spotify apple podcast anchor app or wherever you get your podcast it will be on there so please follow us on those apps and uh review it and uh tell us you guys like it tell us we got improved because we try to make this thing better and get get high get get right to the top with it but other than that be sure to tune in on What's today? Month? Uh, third? Oh my gosh, today's Thursday. I'm losing track of my days. But be sure to tune in on Monday to see our quote of the week, our our predictions, NFL, if we got them right, because we're currently in a close race, and our NBA, see if I take a more a double-digit lead. Hopefully I do. But um, And also, big deal, not a big deal topics, and also, you don't want to miss the NBA goat of the week. Perfectly said, David. David, well said, man. Whoa, what As that? always, what happened? You said David. <laughs> All right, listen, my, my accent. Whoa, that's actually funny because, like, whoa, that's an accent right there. Whoa, it hold is. up. David, David. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's actually a very weird thing. When I get, like, when I get, like, frustrated or, like, not, like, when I get mad, I'm still, like, I'm just mad. But, like, when I get, like, kind of, like, frustrated but not fully, like, mad, my, I realize that my accent turns into an English accent for some reason. I never noticed that. Like, for example, like I was at practice the other day. Not that no one cares about this, but you know, really quick, <laughs> I was at I was at practice the other day, and I got tight at something. And they were like, "When did you just become? Why did you become English?" I was like, "What?" They're like, "What?" They're like, they were, I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "Why are you speaking like an Englishman?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Listen to yourself." And I and then I realized it. I was like, "Wait a minute, that's kind of weird." I was like, "Why is that? Why is that a thing?" But yeah, man, fun fact. You've been wa- you've been you've been uh you've been watching too much FIFA, mate. Right, right, isn't it? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, bro! Between FIFA if, and like also the club that I play at, there's this there's this one um there's this one guy. His name his name is Eddie Speed. Shout out Speed, man. Um, what's it called? He um he has a he has a heavy accent, and like when I'm around it, because I watch I also watch Assignment a lot. So like between that and when I'm around people, like. My my, just the way I speak changes. Like the kind of like like you you know how like when you're within your circle, you kind of like get your personality from with, with the circle the people that you speak with. 
mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So like yeah. that's like it like affects me in a way. But like yeah, I love I love accents by the way. Like it's awesome. I find them cool. But <laughs> all right, now we know that. Now you guys yeah, know that. Listen, regardless, that was just so pointless. But regardless. Um, listen, we love and appreciate every single one of you guys that pop into our show. We really do. Thank you for showing so much support. Make sure um you to share the um to share the podcast to all your friends and family as well. Like David said, um we um we're trying to go big with this. You know, you know, we're we're gonna keep grinding and producing all the content we that we can for you guys, man, and just putting our best foot forward, man. But um, none of this would be possible without you guys. So we appreciate you guys so so much. Um, without further ado, it's been your boy Easy Eric Hines. And your boy, the Oracle, David. We out. Peace. Peace.